ಸಾಗ್ರಜಾತಂ ಸಹಗಣರಘುನಾಥನ್ಮಿತ್ರೀರಾಧಾಕೃಷ್ಣಪಾದಾಂಗಣಲಿತಾಂಶ ಸಪ್ತಕಾಂಗೌರಾಂಗೀ ರಾಧೆ ವೃಂದಾವನೇಶ್ವರೀ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರೇ ಪ್ರೇ ವಾಂಛಾಕಲ್ಪತರುಭ್ಯ ಕೃಪಾಸಿಂಧಿತೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತೆ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿನಮಸ್ತೆ ಸಾರಸ್ವತಿ ದೇವೆ ಗೌರವಾಣೀ ಪ್ರಚಾರಿಣೆ ನಿರ್ವಿಶೇಷಶೂನ್ಯವಾದೀ ಪಾಶ್ಚಾತ್ಯೇಶತಾರಿಣೆ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭು ನಿತ್ಯಂದ ಶ್ರೀಅದ್ವೈತಗದಾಧರ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸಿಗೌರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಹರೇ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ವೆರಿ ಮಚ್ ಫಾರ್ ಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಆನ್ಲೈನ್ ಫಾರ್ ದಿಸ್ ಶ್ಲೋಕ ಲರ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಕೋರ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಟುಡೇ ಇಸ್ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಆಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಯು ಯು ಆಲ್ರೆಡಿ ಹಿಯರ್ ಅರ್ಲಿ ಟುಡೇ ಆಲ್ ರೈಟ್ ಸೊ basically shloka learning why we should learn shlokas and how we should learn shlokas so today is all about the why and what are the benefits and what is shri prabhupada say what is uh, the shastra say about learning shlokas so we need to understand that we are at war with maya mm-hmm. we are at war with maya and when you are at war you need weapons and in sanskrit the word for weapon is astra astra means weapon and shastra means sha plus astra sha comes from the word shas dhatu dhatu means like a like a root word shas dhatu that means from the root word of shas shas is included um in many variants across the board so shas means uh, shasan for example shasan means chastisement um shishya so shas shasan means chastisement and also control to control just like um, the con- constitution of a government that is the law book to control the law of the land so similarly the law of the world dharma dharma means dharmam tu sakshat bhagavat pranitam dharma is the law of god that's all so when it is law law is meant to control us uh, restrict our activities and what is right what is wrong 
so these things have to be understood so shas dhatu the shas is for control shishya means one who voluntarily accepts discipline hmm. and uh, just like disciple and discipline shasan and shishya so without discipline there is no disciple so without shasan there is no shishya so this astra shastra is the weapon to control what control what control our mind most importantly our mind and of course it also is there to control the the society as a whole and our whole life in at different stages of life and for different classes of people so the whole civilization human civilization means there should be control uh, without control it's animal civilization actually animal civilization also has control but it is only controlled by the laws of nature and they only act on instinct the laws of nature do not um, for example a lion a lion had have has to eat uh, meat so that's that's the law and they just their whole control is just by the law and then when the lion feels hungry again then he will hunt so it's all by the force of nature whereas we have higher intelligence we have different layers of control like for example everybody has uh, family traditions family norms societal norms these are there to control us for example if somebody wants to um, go per second you know, suppose he wants to steal but he is coming from a very respectable family now it will make him think 10 times you know should i steal should i not so it is a it is a it is a layer of control if that was not there if that family reputation or tradition is not there there is no reason for him not to commit a bad act for example so there is a level of control so this kula dharma like this um, community societal rules family traditions these are also a um, um, layer of control and then there is the kshatriya government when somebody uh, does something wrong then he is punished For, but before that the brahmanas teach the public shastra so in that way they educate the public about what is the aim of life and therefore what needs to be done and what should not be done so these all rules are laid out by shastra and when a person so that is the first uh, layer and then there is a second layer when the person does not want to listen to the shastra and then commits sinful or criminal acts then he is uh, dealt with by astra weapons beating punishment in that way so the kshatriya will if the brahmana brahmana is teaching shastra but he doesn't want to listen if he if he wants to act whimsically then and especially when he crosses the line then he is dealt with by the kshatriya who will um, punish him according to the laws of manusmriti that is the original vedic standard but now it is replaced by the each country's constitution but the original law book for all mankind is manusmriti or manusamhita so in this way the shastra the control the activities and after kshatriya there is another layer which is his own family like we have already discussed that he has some reputation family reputation or some family 
you know stigma for example if a girl is coming from a good family and if she wants to elope with somebody for example but because there are so many rules oh i shouldn't do this you know this. so there is some control you know so in different ways there are control so that our human life is regulated and even for example vivaha marriage there is a yagna it's a sacrifice so in animal life there is no there is no um, restriction on whom to have sex with mother sister or daughter it doesn't really matter in the animal life the pig and the dog they don't have oh this is my wife i cannot have relationship with my sister or mother no no such thing but in human life we have vivaha so this is again control instead of unrestricted sense gratification we have to be controlled because the laws of nature are there to control everyone anyway but still we have the free will that we can act this way or that way whereas the animals they just act on nature for example if the lion is hungry he will hunt if he is not hungry he will not hunt but we whether we are hungry or not we will want to hoard you know just like when the covid 19 news came out everybody went panic buying they want to hoard so this kind of mentality is there in humans the animals don't have so much of this mentality there are some like honey bees you know they collect honey and all that but they can't really eat all the honey you know Now they eat little bit so their nature is like that it's they're just governed by the laws of nature but we have all these different layers so now shastra it's a weapon sha plus astra not only is there to control our mind and all that but also it's a weapon to defeat maya uh, because we are at war when we have surrendered to krishna when we have come to this krishna consciousness movement that means as prashila prabhupad said we have declared war on maya and maya is very formidable enemy so we have to take shelter of krishna what is the meaning of taking shelter of krishna hide behind the krishna deity no <laughs> we have to take shelter of his instruction so that instruction is mentioned in the shastra and therefore tasmat shastram pramanam te karya akarya vyavasthitau so our duties what to what is to be done what is not to be done is to be governed by shastra that is why the shastra is given so now before we go into the benefits of how learning shastra uh, will help us we will actually try to look at um what shri prabhupada actually said he said many things um, to his disciples that they have to learn the shlokas because if we want to act on krishna's instruction and take shelter of him we should know what the inst- what the instructions are not just know we should remember and where exactly krishna said what or his devotees said what we have to know prabhupada said we have to know our books better than the lawyers know their law books the lawyer is supposed to know the constitution in and out article so and so section so and so clause so and so in this way he will argue in the court so similarly we have to know where krishna said what you know so we eat prasadam for example why why we eat prasadam so there is bhagavad gita chapter 3 text 13 chapter 9 text 26 in this way there we, we should know exactly where to find those answers we ourselves for our own knowledge and when we are asked you know by others uh, what is this hari krishna movement why you all don't eat at our house uh, then you must know where to take out the page or oh, we eat only prasadam why uh, because uh, the hari krishna people told us 
that means you know there's some cult you know they will think like this so for preaching for our own control of our mind and because her life will offer many situations how to navigate the situations we need to know based on krishna's instructions we should go go forward so all these things are in shastra so now let us quickly go and see what shri prabhupad said and what the shastra said about learning shlokas right we will first take a look at i think this one probably yes ah this is too small okay let me make it big maybe that's too big okay i think that's good this is canto 12 chapter 12 text 59 Canto 12, Chapter 12, Text 59 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Ya etat shravayen nityam yamakshanam ananyadhihi shlokam ekam tadardham va padam padardham eva va shraddhavan yonu shrunuyat punatyatmanam eva saha. one who with undeviating attention constantly recites this literature this literature means the bhagavatam so because the bhagavatam uh, is where this shloka is found so one who with undeviating attention constantly recites this literature at every moment of every hour as well as one who faithfully hears even one verse or half a verse or a single line or even half a line certainly purifies his very self and i invite uh, devotees you know some scholar devotees are sitting in the audience so if you have other references please bring it on on the comments we can always discuss so after the class we we will go through some of your uh, um, inputs and also if you have any questions please put them down in the comment section and we will and please keep it to the topic because i really don't like not answering your questions so it will be very difficult if it is uh, outside of the topic so please ask relevant questions regarding this particular topic suppose if you want to ask prabhu how can i remember which tune to chant that is another episode by itself today's topic is uh, why we should learn shlokas and what are the benefits and uh, what did shri prabhupad say what did the shastra say so that is today's topic hmm. so please keep to that topic all right So this is what the Shrimad Bhagavatam says. Even if half a line of the shloka we remember, it purifies our very self because these are the words spoken by Krishna Himself and by His devotees themselves, by great devotees. You know, they are from their own mouth. These words came out. Bhagavad Gita, the song that emanated from the Lord's lotus mouth. So by chanting the words that are coming out of His mouth, that itself is is so purifying. because it's spoken by krishna so therefore we need to know the sanskrit now next we will go to another another reference this time we will go to all right we'll go to this verse this is uh, canto 10 chapter 9 texts 1 and 2 of shrimad bhagavatam This is in reference to Mother Yashoda. How she was remembering Krishna by chanting shlokas. Shri Shuka Uvacha, 
एकदा गृहदासीषु यशोदानंदगेहिनी कर्मातरनियुक्तासो निर्मंथ स्वयं दधि यानी यानी हीता तद्बालचरिता दधि निर्मंथने काले स्मरती तायत As you can see, I did not memorize these shlokas. <laughs> see, I'm not a perfect soul here. I do not, I do not know the entire shastra, but I have learned some shlokas under the guidance of devotees. So, I'm an, I'm also work in progress. I'm not a, you know, like somebody achieved, you know, something nothing. I'm just a work in progress. But whatever we have learned so far, we're just trying to share it with you. So, translation. Sri Sukadeva Goswami continued. One day, Mother Yashoda saw that all the maid servants were engaged in other household affairs, she personally began to churn the yogurt. While churning, she remembered the childish activities of Krishna in her own way she composed and in her own way she composed songs and enjoyed singing to herself about all those activities. You see this? So here in the purport Srila Prabhupada writes while churning the butter Mother Yashoda was singing about the childhood activities of Krishna. It was formerly a custom that if one wanted to remember something constantly, he would transform it into poetry or have this done by a professional poet. It appears that Mother Yashoda did not want to forget Krishna's activities at any time. Therefore, she poeticized all of Krishna's childhood activities such as the killing of Putana, Aghasura, Shakatasura, Trinavarta and while churning the butter, she sang about these activities in poetical form. This should be the practice of persons eager to remain Krishna conscious 24 hours a day. This incident shows how Krishna conscious Mother Yashoda was. To stay in Krishna consciousness, we should follow such persons. So these shlokas, they describe many pastimes of the Lord or the beauty of the Lord. You know, in different ways, we can remember the Lord. And this is the way we should also remember and actually, we are already doing it. Even in material, mundane life, I see when I was young, when we learned our nursery rhymes, we knew a few, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are, why it's all rhyming and you know, why they are put together, so that we remember a star, we remember, so all these things are to make us remember, in poetical form, in rhythmic rhyming form, it's easier to, it's catchy and we can easily remember. So this is not a new thing, it's already in existence. And children learn that way in, in the form of rhymes, nursery rhymes. And nowadays I see so many rhymes. The children have so many rhymes. Sometimes I see Narayani, you know, Mahaprabhu's daughter, listening to some rhymes and she learns some words from there. So I see now so many rhymes they have constructed to make the children remember. So in this way, we have to remember Krishna. And the rhymes have already been written by the sages. Vyasadeva wrote the entire Vedic literature. So many shlokas, uh, very, very nice shlokas and all this we can chant, you know. And if you are wondering, no, I know my memory is not so good, don't worry, don't worry, we, we are coming to that. It, it doesn't require a great memory at all to learn shlokas. Mm. The trick is not in the memory, the trick is something else. So, it, there is a standard process, that's what we want to teach in this series. So, this is one of the course. So, let's go to another one. This is now from Nectar of Devotion, Chapter 9, Chapter 9, yes. So, in this, in the ninth 
chapter there is a section called reciting notable prayers as you can see on the screen there so reciting notable prayers so this is i think the 17th section of this chapter towards the end of the chapter i think fifth or sixth from the last so here this is very nice also this whole section is nice according to learned scholars the whole bhagavad gita contains many authorized prayers especially in the 11th chapter where arjuna prays to the universal form of the lord similarly in the gautamiya tantra all the verses are called prayers again in shrimad bhagavatam there are hundreds of prayers to the lord so for example yesterday we read the prayers of prahlad maharaj to narasimhadev from 7th canto 9th chapter verse 8 all the way to verse 50 prahlad maharaj's stuti to narasimhadev so the stuti means glorification so in this way there was prayers and the kunti devi's prayers bhishma devi's prayers sukadev goswami's prayers the chaturshloki bhagavatam and the vritasura's prayers the hanuman ji's prayers all kinds of prayers are there so many gajendra's prayers the gopi gita uh, the gopi's prayers and in this way uddhava gita is there where lord personally spoke to uddhava and of course the bhagavad gita entire bhagavad gita is there and there are other verses like even the songs of the vaishnava acharyas they are also nice nice prayers and mukundamala stotra is another nice prayers there is stotra ratna by yamunacharya and then there is uh, bilumangal thakur has written krishna karnamrita the govinda damodara madhaveti that whole govinda damodara stotram which i think has 73 verses i think 71 maybe yeah 71 in this way there are so many prayers um, we should chant those prayers which are already given by these great acharyas authorized prayers mm-hmm. so in the bhagavad gita in 11th chapter arjuna is offering so many prayers to krishna especially when he saw the universal form mm-hmm. and gautamiya tantra all the verses are called prayers again in shrimad bhagavatam there are hundreds of prayers to the lord so devotee should select some of these prayers for his recitation in the skanda puran the glories of these prayers are stated as follows devotees whose tongues are decorated always with prayers to lord krishna are always given respect even by the great saintly persons and sages and such devotees are actually worshipable by the demigods so when the devotees have their tongues decorated the decoration for the tongue some some people pierce the tongue tongue piercing i think this is the decoration for the tongue no the decoration for the tongue is to chant nice prayers of the lord and only accept krishna prasadam this is the tongue's decoration mm. there is like like um, there is a nice uh, shloka in the mukundamala stotra if we just go there in the 19th verse of the mukundamala stotra there is this verse yat krishna pranipata dhuli dhavalam ಸಾಜಿಹ್ವಾಮೃತವರ್ಷಿಣೀ ಪ್ರತಿಪದೌತಿಸ್ you see this just now we have re- read what the decoration of the tongue is this now here the decorations of all different kinds of bodies body parts are stated here that head is the loftiest that means that head is the best which is white with dust from bowing down to lord krishna those eyes are the most beautiful which darkness has abandoned after they have seen lord hari that intelligence is spotless 
like the white glow of the moon or a conch shell which concentrates on Lord Madhava and that tongue rains down nectar which constantly glorifies Lord Narayana. You see how nicely it is. And it is said, Bhagavad Bhaktihinasya Jatihi Shastram Japas Tapaha Apranasya Ivahidehasya Mandanam Lokaranjanam and if we have so many material assets and everything, but we have no Bhagavad Bhakti Hinasya, we don't have Bhagavad Bhakti, devotion to the Supreme Lord. All these are decorations on a dead body. But real decorations are these, when each of those senses of our body are engaged in Krishna's service. There is another similar verse in the same Mukundamala Stotra, in the 46th verse, if I am not wrong. Yes. Pranamamishasya shirahphalam vidus tadarchanam pranaphalam divaukasaha manaphalam tad gunatatva chintanam vachaphalam tad gunakirtanam buddha. The wise inhabitants of the heavenly regions know that the perfection of the head is to offer prostrate obeisances to the Supreme Lord. The perfection of the head is not to have this Miss Universe crown or the King of the World crown. No. It is when it bows down humbly at the lotus feet of Krishna. That is the real decoration of the head. The perfection of the life breath is to worship the Lord. The perfection of the mind is to ponder the details of his transcendental qualities. And the perfection of speech is to chant the glories of his qualities. Same point. See that? So these things... So, in a nice way, it is explained that the decorate, the tongue should be decorated with prayers. Mm. We have... Again, it became small. Okay. So, in the Skandapuran, this is said, devotees whose tongues are decorated always with prayers to Lord Krishna are always given respect even by the great saintly persons and sages and such devotees are actually worshipable by the demigods even. Those who are less intelligent want to worship different demigods for some material gain rather than worship Krishna. I think we will make it a little bigger. Okay. You see, those who are less intelligent want to worship different demigods for some material gain rather than worship Krishna. But here it is stated that a devotee who is always engaged in offering prayers to the Lord is worshipable even by the demigods themselves. The pure devotees have nothing to ask from any demigod. Rather, the demigods are anxious to offer prayers to the pure devotees. Here in this world, many devotees, there are many people who want to offer prayers to the devatas. But the devatas offer prayers to the devotees who decorate their tongues with chanting the glories of the Lord in the form of these shlokas. Hmm. In the Narsimha Puran, it is stated, any person who comes before the deity of Lord Krishna and begins to chant different prayers is immediately relieved from all the reactions of sinful activities and becomes eligible without any doubt to enter into the Vaikuntha Loka. See that? So, these are all the glories of chanting prayers. Uh, we have studied the, from Srimad Bhagavatam, two shlokas, uh, three shlokas. One is 12, 12, 59 and 10, 9, 1 and 2. And now from the Nectar of Devotion, which is the Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu in the ninth chapter, reciting notable prayers, that section from chapter 9. So now we will go into another 
So, we have already covered three different um, shlokas from the Bhagavatam and the Nectar of Devotion. Now, we will look at some of the lectures of Srila Prabhupada. What did he say uh, in, in reference to this? So, first we will go to this one. Okay, this is one of the lectures. I think this is 7933. Yes. Uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 3, so Kanto 7, Chapter 9, Text 33. There is this um, lecture that Prabhupada gave. And in that, Srila Prabhupada is saying, These verses of Srimad Bhagavatam, they are Vedic mantras. They are not ordinary wording, set of wording. It is not. Veda Mantra, Samhita. So, every one of you must try to chant. This is required. Each verse of Bhagavad Gita or Srimad Bhagavatam, they are Vedic Mantras, Veda Mantra. So, simply by chanting them, we become purified. So, every one of you, there is diacritics, diacritic marks, literation, transliteration. So, everyone should try to chant the mantra. That is very beneficial. That is Kirtana. Kirtana Deva Krishnasya. Everything is being chanted in relationship with Krishna, with reference to Krishna. So, in this way, Prabhupada is explaining that everything is Kirtan. Even the chanting the verses of these scriptures is also Kirtan. So, for all of those who have just come inside this live stream, I am sorry. I am sorry that uh, it it got interrupted. I do not know exactly what caused the interruption. Um, It just went off. So, I had to start the whole live stream again. So, I am sorry some of you had to drop because of that and hope they can find this new live stream and we will go on with our lecture. So, that is from this lecture. Another lecture, uh, this is no, this is not a lecture, this is a letter to Gurudas. So, there was this uh, person called Mr. Parikh in America. He was an Indian, Parikh. And he was an educationist and he was a Sanskrit uh, expert. So, he offered himself to teach Sanskrit to, his, to Prabhupada's Western disciples at one point of time. So, Prabhupada was trying to guide his disciples how to learn Sanskrit from him. So, this, I, this letter was to one of Prabhupada's disciples, Bhaisala Prabhupada. And it was on 16th April 1970 as you can see. And in this letter, there are other topics also which are discussed, but he addresses this. You see this. Regarding Sanskrit class, it is very encouraging that Mr. Parikh is helping you in this connection, but the chief aim for learning Sanskrit would be how to pronounce the Sanskrit verses, especially in our published books, just like you have already chanted the Govinda verses in the record. Similarly, all the verses you have to chant combinedly and melodiously along with musical instruments. And it will be a great charm to the people of the world. When we shall lead our world Sankirtan party, at that time, if we can demonstrate the chanting of the mantras, as they are stated in the Ishopanishad, Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Brahma Samhita, that will be our unique position. Therefore, the main aim of this Sanskrit class should be how you can learn this chanting in the proper accent. It is not our aim to become a Sanskrit scholar. You see that? So, this is another thing we have to learn. That here we are not trying to become Sanskrit scholars. For example, this course is only going to be maybe 7 episodes, 8 episodes long. And 8 episodes you can't expect to become a Sanskrit scholar. I myself, I have 
I'm not even near anywhere to becoming a Sanskrit scholar. Not even near, not even close. But if we can just chant the verses of these scriptures as Srila Prabhupada has given us, that will be our merit. That is sufficient. We are not here to become Sanskrit scholars and be distracted in that way. We have to remain focused on devotional service and learn the shlokas which um, you know, help us go forward in this devotional service and also preach this to others. So that is enough. So this is one thing that Srila Prabhupada said. And now we will go to this lecture. It's a very interesting lecture actually. <laughs> it's a little bit... Um, you know, you will understand why it is interesting because how detailed Srila Prabhupada was, you will get to know from this lecture. Just imagine, Srila Prabhupada has actually translated Bhagavad Gita which has 700 verses and Srimad Bhagavatam which has 18,000 verses and Chaitanya Charitamrita which has 11,555 verses. All this, each word he has translated into English and then, so the Sanskrit or the Bengali depending on the book and then word to word from that Sanskrit to English or Bengali to English and then their whole translation and then elaborate purports. You know how painstaking is that work? And Srila Prabhupada at an advanced age as he was traveling across around the globe at his such an advanced age, 70 plus, even 80 plus, um, he was translating all these books. Uh, why? He is explaining here now. You see now, one second, okay, so this is a lecture on the 20th of April 1972 in Tokyo, Srimad Bhagavatam 2.9.1, Pradyumna is chanting the, leading the chant, so he is saying, so he was <laughs> chanting, Na ghate tartha sambandha, devotees, Na ghate tartha sambandha, Prabhupada, Prabhupada, you see what he is asking, is, it is Sandhi? Na ghateta artha. It has been lost. Na ghateta artha sambandha. Na ghateta artha sambandha. Again, recite the whole shloka. Pradyumna. So, Pradyumna is the disciple of Prabhupada. So, he is leading the chant of the shloka and everybody was repeating after him. So, that, was, that is the scenario. So, Shri Sukhavacha Atmamayam Ritherajan Parasyanu Bhavatmanaha Na ghateta artha sambandha Swapna Drashtur Ivanjasa. You see this word here? Ghatetartha. He was pronounced this, pronouncing this wrong all the time. See? So, Prabhupada, you see. Swapna Drashtur Ivanjasa. Pradyumna, Swapna Drashtur Ivanjasa. Prabhupada said, now read again. Pradyumna, whole thing. Prabhupada, no, this same verse. Practice it. So, he is teaching how to practice the verse. In this way, you practice one mantra daily. Each mantra will purify you 100 yards daily. You see, he is saying, uh, each mantra will purify you 100 yards daily. Go forward. These mantras are very powerful. Given by Vyasadeva Goswami. Vibrated. And spoken by Shukamukha Dravasamyuta Amritam. So, this, that is explained in the beginning. Just like a ripened fruit in the tree is already very sweet. And if it is touched by the beak of, a, of the parrot, it becomes sweeter. These are natural cores. If the parrot touches the fruit, he cuts little by his beak beak, you call beak, then it becomes still sweeter. Sukamukha Dravasamyutam. 
Similarly, Srimad Bhagavatam is already sublime, transcendental, and when it is spoken through the mouth of Shukadeva Goswami, it becomes still sweet, just like the fruit. The parrot is also called Shuka. It is called Shuka Pakshi, Shuka bird. So, this comparison is given. As the fruit becomes still sweeter by the touch of the beak of the parrot, similarly, Shukadeva Goswami, because it is already spoken by Vyasadev, ripened fruit, the experienced contribution of Vyasadeva, all the Vedic literatures, but when it is spoken through the parampara system of Shukadeva Goswami, it becomes still sweeter. Therefore, Narad Muni said, Shastri Kurvanti Shastrani. Uh, the devotee, he, he emphasizes the importance of Shastra and he makes the Shastra more authoritative, more sweeter. You know? So, this is in the Narada Bhakti Sutra, uh, 69th uh, Sutra. Therefore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu recommended to study Srimad Bhagavatam from Bhagavatam. Bhagavata Paragya Bhagavata Sthane. Bhagavat means the Grantha Bhagavat, book Bhagavat. Bhagavat means about Krishna. Bhagavan is Krishna. And anything in relationship with Krishna is called Bhagavat. So the devotee is also in relationship with Krishna. He is also called Bhagavat. Mahabhagavat. Those who are highly advanced or first class devotees, they are called Mahabhagavat. So this Bhagavatam, it is the essence of the Vedic knowledge. And when it is received through the Parampara system of pure devotee, then it becomes still more sweet than before. That is the purport. So, we should try to learn, get it by heart, at least one shloka, two shlokas in a week. See, Prabhupada is giving one shloka or two shlokas in a week. And you calculate one shloka, say two shlokas in a week. There are 52 weeks in a year. So, by one year, you will already know 100 shlokas, which is, is it not good? You will think, oh, how can I learn in 100 shlokas? No, just break it down, two a week. Two a week is very, very doable. It's very doable. Um, so, in this way, Srila Prabhupada is encouraging and as you will experience this, as you go more and more, as you learn more and more shlokas, the rate at which you learn a shloka will become faster and you will connect different shlokas because you will start to see similar words here and there and then you will, you will connect, you will connect in this way and that way, in this way and that way. So, it will become faster and faster and faster. In the beginning, it may be slow, but as, as you go on, it will become faster. So, he, so, Prabhupada is saying, we two slokas in a week. And if we chant that, just like you are chanting so many songs, similarly, if we chant one or two verses of Srimad Bhagavatam, that will make you very quickly advanced for spiritual realization. We are therefore taking so much trouble to get this transliteration, the meaning, so that the reader may take advanced step, full advantage of the mantra. It is not that to show some scholarship that I know so much Sanskrit. No, it is just offered with humility to learn the mantra because one will chant the mantra, they are all transcendental vibration. So, Prabhupada is saying, why did I take such, such uh, trouble to translate each and every word? Actually, the word-to-word synonyms that are there are the most underrated contribution of Srila Prabhupada. If he just gave the trans- Sanskrit verse and the translation and the purport, you wouldn't be able to connect the Sanskrit to the English almost. If one does not know the meaning or the language, there is no connection. And even if you know Indian languages, any Indian language, you will be able to connect some words because some words are common because all are, all the Indian languages are mostly derivatives of Sanskrit. But if somebody is completely new to the language, he will not know anything, nothing. So he cannot relate that verse to the translation. The only thing, the bridge is the word to word meaning. Then you can see each and every word, what it actually means and how the translation became like that from that Sanskrit word, Sanskrit verse. 
and this is where you actually learn the shlokas the secret of learning shlokas in, is in that word to word meaning if you understand each and every word in the shloka then you can remember much for a much more longer time and of course there are other practices you still have to put in place but you have to understand what you're chanting if you just chant like you know like many people when i was a small kid um, in india i think you will have this experience that there are some bhagavad gita gita recitation competitions you know there are competitions and you have to ch- chant the chapter 12 or chapter 15 i never t- took part in any of these competitions i did not know where to even find a bhagavad gita where i can chant from i did not even know anything i don't know how they are getting the bhagavad gita to to chant these shlokas i had no idea but these gita recitation competitions they are just chanting the verses without knowing any meaning and also there is another thing in indians there is a vishnu sahasranama so 200 over shlokas they know by heart but they don't know any meaning and even they chant other shlokas also like you know hanuman chalisa they chant but some meanings they may understand many of them they don't understand so with that kind of recitation what happens is when you are sit da- sitting down for a recitation you may be able to chant in the sequence but if if you have to explain something and if you have to quote from that you will have no clue no clue absolutely so therefore we need to understand as well rhythm helps you know the tune helps to learn just like a nursery rhyme because of the tune it is catchy and you can you can learn the shloka but to in, in order to apply it practically in life you have to understand the meaning and that is in the synonyms the word to word transliteration and translation he took such a painstaking efforts to do these things you know he could have easily done a shortcut job you know just sanskrit and english and in fact when I, every new devotee i was thinking this myself when i started reading prabhupada's books when i saw the um, word to word and the translation and the purport i was thinking why not just like the krishna book you know just like a novel that's so full just read you know why all these interruptions there's a sanskrit and all this i have to just skip and then go to the next page and skip and then go to the next page <laughs> i was thinking like this of course that was my you know, fallen condition so i did not realize the importance of the word to word meaning and only later and especially nowadays i mean i'm much more uh, realizing how much uh, shila prabhupada actually for i mean thought in the future actually he this he this sta- format of word to word and translation and purport this he took from shila bhaktisiddhant saraswati thakur uh, because he did like that also so he took it from him and he thought this is very authoritative especially a scholarly person would always want to see the actual words the etymology everything he wants to know in that way and we as disciples we should learn the shlokas in that way because prabhupada said books are the basis of this movement the books are the basis what does that mean that means we should know the books in and out books are the basis means what if the books are kept in on, on the shelf and collecting dust that's not the basis the basis means when we interact with the books interact means reading is one thing it's good i'm not saying it's not good but then we have to that usually that's the first step reading just reading but then the second you, you will not be done when you read it once oh prabhu i have read all prabhupada's books no it's not done at all we haven't even skimmed the surface properly we are reading one thing and then 10 days back what we read we completely forgot maybe 3 days back what we read completely forgot so reading once doesn't do any good you know chaitanya mahaprabhu was reading the past times of pralad maharaj dhruva maharaj hundreds of times 
that's how we should read study in depth every detail look at every detail and try to you know remember uh, this way we can you know get as close to the books as possible we should immerse ourselves in the study of these books of shila prabhupad uh, that's how we have to live our lives so the books are the basis means we have to know them in and out fortunately for us his grace sundagopal prabhu actually introduced this very unique way of giving a lecture like what we are doing now with this shlokas and everything all the references that we are showing nowhere else even in iskon they are doing like this only here it was how actually sundagopal prabhu invented this way of uh, teaching because when you are speaking you can quote a shloka but it just goes way over the head of the audience and they don't even pay attention oh he is talking something german you know you know and then they will wait for the english but when we actually show the on the screen so many testimonials we have of devotees when they see the shloka oh wow this is shastra is this real shastra not that he is making up something oh he is actually showing from the shastra and then it makes you know that impact so we were trained like that fortunately by his grace sundagopal prabhu and that's how we took up also this um, memorizing memorizing of the shlokas so you see how shri prabhupada is stressing you, you will go now we will read this whole um, lecture not whole lecture the beginning of the lecture it's very long actually prabhupada is stressing on the point the pronunciation the correct pronunciation you will see now you see so he is saying i have put this word to word meaning each word into sans- english each sanskrit word into english not to show my scholarship that oh, i am such a big sanskrit scholar no it is offered you see it is offered with humility to learn the mantra because when one who will chant the mantra they are all transcendental vibration just just like hari krishna mantra this is maha mantra but there are also other mantras all the verses from bhagavad gita shrimad bhagavatam spoken by krishna bhagavat also spoken by krishna vyasadeva is incarnation of krishna they are also mantras infallible instructions so try to get it by heart chanting either you chant by seeing the book or get it by heart it's all the same but try to chant one two shlokas daily chant and then he chants then prabhupad corrects him na ghatet artha sambandha like that it is written like that pradyumna say ghatet artha sambandha artha artha separated he said no together ghatet artha no ghatet artha sambandha it should it should not be na ghatet artha sambandha like that ta should be long ta ghatet artha sambandha na ghatet artha sambandha is that all right pradyumna said yes prabhupad so pronounce like that so he he you know he was chanting and prabhupad said loud and again repeat repeating all the words you see over and over again then swapna drashtur ivanjasa prabhupad said oh again pronounce shri sukhavacha repeats so prabhupad said very important verse now we shall go to the words and meaning again recite so you see how many times he is asking the devotees to recite and recite you know every whenever we have bhagavad gita classes bhagavatam classes everybody recites the verse right everybody takes turns to recite why why so that by the end of the last person who recited we at least get some of those words in our memory already hopefully the whole verse if not at least some of those words the important words get into our memory so this is the reason why we chant not just a ritual you know we should know exactly why we are doing everything why we everybody chants uh, that is a hari krishna ritual everybody we must chant no it is to remember to remember that's why we repeat and repeat and therefore it is good practice when we are instead of just seeing and repeating as the everybody chants 
of course if you do not know the words if you are not experienced in this language you may see but slowly try to practice when other devotee is chanting i without seeing the screen let me chant follow the sound in that way my ear is exercised to hear vedic literature is called shruti and when i hear then my absorption in that word is more than when i see when i see okay fine okay is ghadedar samand but i'm not using my when i hear then i'm if i if i have to recall it using my memory uh, then there is more involvement for the mind hmm. then it will remain in the mind for longer hmm. <coughs> see again is you see the whole thing is now beginning parasyano no first line repeating <laughs> see how many probas read it again again they were chanting next next you read go on one after another continuous devotees devotee reciting prabhupad correcting you read the transliteration the thing is hearing the meter and repeat that's all the writing is already there transliteration simply you have to hear the written just like you have chanted so many verses songs by hearing the hearing is very important you see again prabhu is also saying the hearing is very important mm. and prabhupad has given we follow the iast method um, international alphabet of sanskrit transliteration or something so this is the standard method by which you know as you see all our words sanskrit words are in english letters english alphabets but actually they are sanskrit and sanskrit doesn't look like this but the exact sound is reproduced in this iast method and that's why we have all those dots those lines and all these things around the alphabets this is that mm. so if you understand the meaning of those dots how when the dot is there how to pronounce when the line is there how to pronounce if we know these things uh, then we will start to appreciate the verses even more and we will learn all that in this seven days so that is what he is saying transliteration so what is transliteration compared to translation anybody knows translation means to translate that word into another language transliteration means to transfer only the sound of that word to in another alphabet like i don't know if maybe i think one or one chinese mataji at least i think is sitting here in the audience in the chinese there is the chinese characters and then there is hanyu pinyin hanyu pinyin means the in english letters you will try to reproduce the chinese sound so that is transliteration mm. so it's different from translation um, like this is transliteration sambandha that's not an english word translation would be relationship sambandha means relationship so relationship is a translation of the word sambandha from sanskrit whereas transliteration is this because the original sanskrit word is not using s a m and all it is sa you know with uh, hum you know the so in this way and the bindi and then there is uh, sambandha ban again bindi dha in this way it is written in different characters but we are using english alphabets to reproduce that sound and when the sound is reproduced that is called transliteration just for you for those of you who do not know what is transliteration so the thing is hearing the meter and repeat that's all the hearing is very important proper a child learns another language simply by hearing pronouncing pronunciation hearing actually it's true i'm actually observing narayani this is the closest i've observed any child narayani is the you no know, granddaughter of sundagopal prabhu 
and daughter of Mahaprabhu. So, <laughs> as she's growing, she's learning new words. Although I have younger brothers and sister, I was too young to notice how they learn and how I learned. I, you, won't, you won't notice when you yourself learn. So, this is the first time I'm closely watching the child. She doesn't know how to write, of course, and read. Of course, now she knows a little bit. But they learn by hearing and they just repeat the sound. Um, so, that is the most organic way of learning another language. So, Sanskrit also the same, Shruti. So, therefore, try to hear. And a child learns another language simply by hearing, pronunciation, hearing. That is natural. If we hear one thing repeatedly, you will learn. It's a fact. If you hear something repeatedly, you will start to learn it. Um, so, one has to hear little attentively. Then it will be easy. So, attentive hearing. So, when we are hearing the verses being chanted, every devotee is chanting the shloka of the day. And then, uh, we try to hear and then first two times, three times we look at the um, shloka and then after that try to uh, hear the shloka and then without looking, try to repeat the verse. In this way, you are trying to focus attentively chanting and hearing it. Then it will be easy. There is no difficulty. Just like you are singing our song in tune. Samsara dava nalalidha loka. This is by hearing. Actually, it's true. I think all of you know the Samsara dava nalalidha loka song. So, that is by hearing. Mostly. Uh, some people, some devotees don't even know the meaning sometimes. That's, that is bad. So, we should know the meaning. But, even just by hearing every day, we are learning that verse. So, the eight verses we already know. So, you, for those of you who may think that, oh, I, don't, I can't remember, my memory is not good. You already remember eight verses of the um, Mangalarti song, right? And then there is Shikshashtaka. Then there is what is Guru Puja, Tulsi Arati, Narsimha. How many verses we already know? Hmm. So, simply you have to hear. Therefore, whole Vedic Shastra is called Shruti. It is a process of hearing. This is a disease of old age. <laughs> he was talking about the coughing. These are the warnings that the body is getting rotten. Go on. <laughs> Next. Next one of you. Ghatetartha Sambandha. So, again he is Ivanjasa, Anjasa. Anjasa means wholesale. Go on. Na Ghateta Artha Sambandha. Combined together it becomes Na Ghateta Artha Sambandha. Tartha. What is that spelling? Tartha. And the devotee is saying T. Long A. Long A. R T H A. Prabhupada of Tha. What is the? T A R T H A. Na Ghata. See, he is training the disciples to notice every single alphabet. You see, Prabhupada said T A R. Yes, T A Artha. So you were missing that R. Prabhupada is noticing, you see. You are missing that R. Uh, see how closely he is training. Uh, this is how we have to look close. Not just. Okay, no, I know, it appears like something, okay, just chant, you know, whatever I, I feel like. No, closely observe, na, and then chant nicely. Na ghatet artha sambandha, alright, next, get it next, come here. So, you have to study like that. So many shlokas, I am taking so much labor. If, he is talking about, I am taking so much labor to write these books. So, please, use them. And he said, if you do not read it carefully, it is not that I am ri- making business for selling only. And not for my students. So, these books are not just for selling and making money from them. These books are for the devotees to read. Mm-hmm. You must all read like this. Practice. Why so much trouble is being taken? Word to word meaning and then transliteration. If you chant this mantra, that vibration will cleanse the atmosphere. And wherever you go, in any part of the world, if you can chant this mantra, oh, you will be received like God. It's true. 
uh, even when when we chant i call this a sanskrit effect i just made it up you know when you chant a sanskrit verse the person doesn't know anything about what the verse means but he likes it you know he just the sound of the words you know like venum kwanantam aravindadalayataksham barhavatam samasitam budasundarangam kandarpakotikamaniya visheshashobham govindamadipurusham tamaham bhajami see how nice it sounds when people hear this they have, they have no clue of what it means but it is just so nice to hear and they will respect a person who chants and see prabhu is saying and wherever you go in any part of the world if if you can chant this mantra oh you will be received like god not that we should we should ah yes i want reception like god no it is that if they have that respect then they will hear attentively and so that the message will go to them and their ears through their ears into their heart and they will have a change in their lives so that's why they have to have some respect for the shastra and in that way that's why we have to learn how to chant these verses nicely and understand them and explain them word to word like prabhupad when he goes to explain a verse he will explain each and every word of it that's how we need to learn and explain it is so nice and in india he will actually receive like gods if you chant this mantra it's true i was in ipo last um, july in in uh, in malaysia for some preaching program we went all the audience were not devotees they were like karmis um and so prabhu prabhu sundagopal prabhu was explaining and he asked me to take out a verse on the screen because i was manning the screen and he was speaking on the stage so he asked me to take out that particular verse and then he he was he used to ask me to chant the verse and when i chanted the verse i was actually sitting among the audience so everyone was murmuring to themselves wow that that is so nice that is so nice so they, they they know tamil language tamil and they don't understand anything of the the verse but they feel it so nice hmm. because this is the words of god krishna himself therefore we have to learn and then we will immediately command some respect not that we have to use that respect now we have to be respected not for that if that word what we are speaking you know if the audience has respect for that then they will hear attentively and listen that's what we want we want their attention so that they hear the message of krishna see it is so nice and in india he will actually receive like gods if you recite, chant this mantra they will so offer their respect so many veda mantra next chant so another devotee recites verse very good next next um, bhanu prabhu bhanu recites thank you very much he has pronounced very nicely you know he's saying bhanu i think bhanu swami now is gone so he has pronounced very nicely prabhupada is you know noting that so he will teach you next yes next so in this way another another devotee so so radha madam so in so in in this way each one of you you chant and others will follow then one or two days you get the shloka by heart you can chant it is not difficult now read the word meanings and translation so then they started word meanings and translation and that's how the lecture went on so you see how much emphasis he placed on carefully reciting learning pronouncing the shlokas Mm-hmm. so these are some of the of course there are other shlokas i think even um vishambar prabhu has shared some of the shlokas 11327 uh 
there are many actually we can actually go on but what is the time one hour has passed right so we will go to the next part because the benefits have, i haven't even started the benefits we just went through what shri prabhupada said and what the shastra said about learning verses now we will go and see what are the benefits let's just a second all right first benefit is to act according to krishna's instruction so in the bhagavad gita before we go there the first benefit is we will know that what to do in a particular situation suppose we are put in a situation which is like very uh, tough very tough situation and some loss happens or something like that then you know there are verses which which can help um, not only comfort our mind but also put it into perspective because when we are in these situations the mind goes out of perspective we can't see things clearly because of our intense attachment to material things or material relationships or if somebody passes away so these things can bewild us like no other at those times we have to remember all these instructions you know like krishna said for example very basic verse i think all of you would have already have known this verse chapter 2 text 13 or say text 11 श्री भगवाच अशोचानशोचस्व प्रज्ञावादाश भाषसे गतासो न गतासोचंति पंडिता सो द सुप्रीम पर्सनैलिटी ऑफ गॉड हेड सेड वाइल स्पीकिंग लर्नड वर्ड्स अर्जुना यू आर मॉर्निंग फॉर वॉट इज नॉट वर्दी ऑफ ग्रीफ दोज हू आर वाइज लैमेंट नाइदर फॉर द लिविंग नॉट फॉर द डेड ओ आई एम लैमेंटिंग सो आई एम नॉट अ लर्न पर्सन आई हैव एन अंडरस्टूड दैट आई शुड नॉट बी क्राइंग फॉर दिस बॉडी द बॉडी विल एनी वे यू नो डाय the soul anyway will always live this he has never died he just went somewhere else so i shouldn't be too much uh, crying and attached to this whole thing i should remember this it's very difficult to remember at that point point of time you know it's very difficult because of the intense attachment and even if somebody tries to instruct their, their mind is gone you know so we are, when we are chanting all these things we are, we should not mindlessly chant we should think okay death we're going to face this one day and we're going to face our family members death or our near and dear ones death at that time how how we're going to take it am i going to remember all these instructions dehinosmen yatha dehe kaumaram yauvanam jara tatha dehantara praptir dhiras tatra namuhyati as the embodied soul continually passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age the soul similarly passes into another body at death a sober person is not bewildered by such a change is a very simple shloka a very basic shloka from bhagavad gita but when we are bewildered even this we can't remember we will cry we may cry you know uh, because dhira a sober person is not bewildered but if we are bewildered that means that means we are not even sober we are not even haven't even understood second chapter 13th verse of bhagavad gita what to speak of 18 chapters of bhagavad gita and then after that bhagavatam after the chaitanya charitamrita how are we going to understand anything uh, so in this way we have to recite all this connecting this with our lives okay these are very important incidents of life death so how to put it into put our consciousness into perspective proper perspective hmm. even when actually lord ramachandra displayed this in ramayan when he when sita went missing ravana kidnapped her and ram was all you know fully overtaken by grief so he was showing how a materially attached man if he is too attached to his wife 
then it brings him a lot of misery. He is showing it in my personal example. And then what Lakshman did, Ram's brother, he instructed Ram on the same instructions that Ram gave Lakshman. So if Ram has given Lakshman the instructions earlier, now what happened? Of course, he is Ram. He is always remembering everything. He is not in any grief at all. This is all Vipralambhaseva, different rasa. But he is showing as an example of a human being that how even though we may impart this knowledge to others, when the time comes, we may ourselves forget and we may need other, others to remind us of all these instructions. Because Maya is so strong, it can throw away our, our equilibrium by offering us situations which are completely, um, you know, will, will thwart us from our position of sobriety. So, therefore, these verses will help make us, if we don't remember these verses, yeah, we are not the body, but we don't remember all these things. But if we can force ourselves to chant the Sanskrit slokas, then we are forced to remember all the exact instructions that the Lord gave. Exactly. Not that somewhere the Lord said we are not the body, you know, somewhere he said. Not somewhere, somewhere. What exactly he said, where he said. We don't know exactly. Hmm. And suppose if some reversal happens, something, you know, either somebody passes away or some loss or something, something unlucky happens, you know, seemingly unlucky. Then there is this verse. There are many, many verses. I am just showing you some example, you know. So, this is Kanto 10, Chapter 14, Text 8. Tatte nukampam susamekshamano bhunjana evatma kritam vipakam Hridvagvapurbhir vidadhan namaste jiveta yomuktipade sadayabhak. My dear Lord, one who earnestly waits for you to bestow your causeless mercy upon him, all the while patiently suffering the reactions of his past misdeeds and offering you respectful obeisances with his heart, words and body, surely eligible for liberation for it has become his rightful claim. You see, even though we have suffering coming our way, if we patiently suffer the sufferings and then just patiently wait for the Lord to bestow his causeless, causeless mercy, not being impatient, oh, why, why the Lord is not doing anything to me, anything for me, you know, I just, you know, even though I did everything for the Lord, you see, he has put us in so much um, problems. No, that, that means we have not understood anything. How Kunti Devi is saying that, Vipada Santuta Shashvat Tatra Tatra Jagat Guru Bhavato Darshanam Yatsyad Apunar Bhavadarshanam Krishna, you give all those problems again. I want all those problems. Our whole life has been problems. Now our problems are finished. All the war of the Kurukshetra is finished. Enemies all done, finished, dead. Now you are going away from us. No. Give us all the problems and you stay with us. So she, see how she is, you know, inviting problems. Taking them head on. That is the mental strength we should have. Uh, there is a nice verse. Uh, uh, I forgot this number of the verse. I haven't memorized the verse. Sunugopal Prabhu showed me this um, that even after um, learning all the Vedic scriptures, if we are afraid of death, what is the use of learning all the Vedic scriptures? So there's verse like that. I think in the fifth canto somewhere. So there's verse like that. If you can find it, maybe you can, um, you know, you can. Uh, 
put it in the comments so this is one way to control and to know what to do and tasma chastram pramanam te this is another verse from the 16th chapter of bhagavad gita what to do and what not to do tasma chastram pramanam te karya akarya vyavasthita ugnyatva shastra vidhanoktam karma kartum iharahasi for example i'll give you a practical example suppose there is a job offer suppose i am i am going to i need another job and there is a job offer that i can i can drive uh, the the bike and delivery for um, say mcdonalds prabhu it's a nice money prabhu i mean not nice money but you know at least i can make ends meet you know with that money extra money uh, maybe i will drive you know that mcdonalds so what the shastra say if we have no knowledge of shastra we'll just go straight apply for job okay finish i'll go ahead and drive around all the mcdonalds all the chicken everything mutton or beef or whatever drive around and get all the sin so we have to know what shastra says oh we cannot support meat eating ah manu samhita says oh we can't even the one who transports the one who cooks the one who delivers the one who uh, eats the one who sells the one who purchases everybody is involved hmm, i should not do this so we know manu samhita says this and then oh krishna also said we should eat only prasadam oh i cannot support this meat eating oh no meat eating oh kanto 1 chapter 17 text 38 it is said or oh, striya shuna oh shuna means to kill okay i cannot do this so you see you know what to do it's a practical situation but then you, when you have the knowledge of shlokas you know exactly what to do hmm. of course it's a it's a pretty straightforward thing that you can't support meat eating but sometimes even devotees don't know especially beginner devotees we have seen one devotee he wanted to go and drive uh, you know with this mcdonalds uh deliver then we had to tell him we had to show all the shlokas oh really okay okay then he stopped he was chanting all 16 rounds everything and then you see they don't know because shastrik knowledge is not there we have to know exactly and not just yeah krishna said you know we should not right? where he said uh-huh, i don't know no we should know exactly where we should just turn the page and show because if somebody asks we should know why are you chanting hari krishna um because uh, prabhupad said uh, what kind of answer is that the good answer fine prabhupada said you are chanting very good but what is hari krishna and what is this mantra and why we are chanting and what is all the program what is the purpose of this whole thing then we should be able to explain no so that is important tasma shastram pramanam te one should therefore understand what is duty and what is not duty by the regulations of the scriptures knowing such rules and regulations one should act so that he may gradually be elevated hmm so these and if you do not do this if you do not do this this the verse before that 1623 yah shastra vidhi mutsrijya vartate kamakartah nas siddhim avapnoti na sukham na param gatim he who discards scriptural injunctions and acts according to his own whims attains neither perfection nor happiness nor the supreme destination same point in the 18th chapter 58th verse machitta sarva durgaani matprasada tarishyasi athachetvam mahankaran nasroshyasi vinangshasi if you become conscious of me you will pass over all the obstacles of conditioned life by my grace if however you do not work in such consciousness but act through false ego not hearing me you will be lost so if you don't hear if you don't follow the shastra then 
will be punished. Sometimes they say, Prabhu, too much, Prabhu, too much rules and regulations. I better not touch this Shastra because if I touch, I will understand that all these things I cannot do, I cannot do better, I just don't. Sorry, even whether you know or don't know, when we touch fire, it will burn, right? So similarly, karma will act. Whether we know the Shastra, whether we don't know the Shastra, the karma will act. Not that I don't know the Shastra, therefore I can drive McDonald's, I can do this and that. No, no. The karma will act. So, I have to know Shastra. And then refrain that, refrain from those things which I should not do and do those things which I should. And in the verse, uh, chapter 4, text 40 of Bhagavad Gita, is said, Agnyas chashraddha dhanascha samshayatma vinashyati nayam, nayam lokoste naparo nasukham samshayatmanaha But ignorant and faithless persons who doubt the revealed scriptures do not attain God consciousness, they fall down. For the doubting soul, there is happiness neither in this world nor in the next. So, if we don't have our faith in the scriptures and if we don't follow them to the letter, then we are going to ask for trouble. So therefore, we should know what is. So, one benefit of learning shlokas is you will know what to do, what not to do, how to, how to mm, maintain your composure in any difficult situation. So, these shlokas will help. Next. The next benefit, one second, I have taken some notes so that I don't forget anything. <laughs> okay, this is pretty much uh, a similar thing. I have already actually, yeah, actually, another example. Actually, I have amalgamated two points. One is act according to Krishna's instructions in every uh, part of our life, in every situation in our life. And the other thing is to control our own mind. Suppose a boy goes out and he feels attraction for young girls. So, and then it, it is common for a boy to look at a girl or for a girl to look at a boy. So, now there are verses. Hmm. So, for example, uh, Shankaracharya Nari stana bharana desham drishtva maga mohavesham etan mam vikaram. Manase vichintaya varam varam. So, very nice verse. It is said, Oh, don't be, uh, what is that? Bewildered by the heavy breasts and thin waist of a woman. All these things are just transformations of fat, flesh, and uh, fat, flesh, mucus, blood, and all other disgusting elements. So, consider Manase vichintaya varam varam. Think again and again in your mind. Or the other example, when suppose a girl sees a, a boy, then there is another verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam. This is called Shastra. Shastra means with weapon we are cutting, we are attacking the Maya because Maya is coming in these sensual attractions, offering sensual attractions. So we should be cutting that Maya. We cannot unrestrictedly allow our senses to go berserk. Hmm. <laughs> this is a verse by Rukmini Devi. Tvakshma shruro mana nakhakesha pinadhamantar mamsasthikrakta kremivit kapapitthavatam Yate padab jamakarandam 
actually I haven't memorized this verse. Need to memorize. Very, very nice verse. You see, a woman who fails to relish the fragrance of the honey of your lotus feet. Rukmini is saying to Krishna. So, it is Krishna's lotus feet. A woman who fails to relish the fragrance of the honey of your lotus feet becomes totally befooled. And thus, she accepts as her husband or lover a living corpse covered with skin, whiskers, nails, head hair and body hair and filled with flesh, bones, blood, parasites, feces, mucus, bile and air. <laughs> it helps. Although as, as disgusting as it may sound, but that is the actual truth. That is the actual truth. So, it helps us distinguish. Or there is another verse, which is, which goes in a different angle. The same situation, but different angle. Okay, we will go to that verse now. This is by Rupa Goswami. Mm, let me see. This is in this purport of this verse. Huh? Where is it? It is somewhere here. Ah. Vishnu Puran. You see this verse? <coughs> Vishnu Puran 1, 1st Canto 20th chapter 19th verse. Yuvatinam yathayuni Yunam chayuvatau yatha Mano bhiramate tadvan Mano me ramatam tvai As the minds of young girls take pleasure in thinking of a young boy and those of young boys take pleasure in thinking of a young girl May my mind take pleasure in you Krishna So this is another angle of looking at it See my mind is without restriction going to the I don't need somebody to tell me, oh, look at that girl. No, I automatically, right? In that way, let me automatically, without anybody telling, let me automatically be attracted to Krishna. Um, let me have the same attraction or even more magnetic attraction towards Krishna. So, this is another angle of looking at it. Hmm. So, in this way, these verses, when we, when we are, you know, hit by all these uh, traps of Maya or weapons of Maya, we have to counter them with our own weapons, this astra, these arrows of shlokas. And we have to control our mind. Mm. So, these are some of the examples. This is just one example I am giving. So, there are innumerable thousands of examples that can be given. But it will just increase the length of this session only. But you get the idea. So, there are so many verses for different, different uh, situations in our lives. So, all this helps. The next benefit is to remember Krishna. Well, that might seem quite obvious, but that is the whole point of learning shlokas, to remember Krishna. Krishna's words are Krishna and also there are nice descriptions of Krishna's form, Krishna's activities, Krishna's pastimes and Krishna's devotees and Krishna's entourage and everything, all these things are embedded in the shlokas. The shlokas are not just words. They are descriptions of what the devotees saw. Like in Vedas, what the Vyasadeva saw, he is describing in the, the words. So, when we see the words, we should again get that picture that Vyasadeva was seeing and which, which allowed, I mean, which, which made him write those words. It should reproduce that picture. Hmm. So, um, when Krishna's beauty is described, 
or Krishna's activities are described, pastimes are described. So, these are all way to remember Krishna. Padma Puran says, Smartavya satatam Vishnur, Vismartavya na jatuchit, Sarvavedhani shedhasyur, Etayoreva kinkaraha. So, the whole point of all the rules and regulations of Vedas are just to enable us to remember Krishna always and to enable us not to forget him at any time. So, the, to remember Krishna is the prime goal of our life. So, the shlokas help. For example, we have already chanted the Venum Kvanantam. There is another verse like, you know this, in the 10th chapter, 21st verse, 21st chapter, 5th verse. Very beautiful verse, also describing Krishna's beauty. As you can see, Barha Pidam Natavaravapu Karnayoho Karnikaram Vibhradvasaha Kanaka Kapisham Vaijayantim Chamalam Randhranveno Radhara Sudhaya Purayan Gopa Vrindair Vrindaranyam Svapadaramanam Pravishad Gita Kirti See how beautiful verse and the meaning is also very beautiful. Wearing a peacock feather ornament upon his head, blue karnikara flowers on his ears, a yellow garment as brilliant as gold, and the Vaijayanti garland. Lord Krishna exhibited his transcendental form as the greatest of dancers. Uh, Natavar Avapu. Natavar means the greatest of dancers. And as he entered the forest of Vrindavan, beautifying it with the marks of his footprints, uh, he filled the holes of his flute. Randhran Veno Radhara Sudhaya Payayan Gopa Vrindaya. He filled the holes of his flute with the nectar of his lips and the cowherd boys sang his glories. The whole picture of Vrindavan, how Krishna was going to Vrindavan, I mean to the forest, herding the cows and the cowherd boys singing his glories and he is blowing his flute with the peacock feather on his head and how he is walking in the forest and beautifying the whole pathway. Everything, the whole picture, the whole painting is created in the mind by chanting this shloka. So that's why, just like when um, Srila Prabhupada sang, Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari. So he said, this song is the whole picture of Vrindavan. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari. So there is the Kunja, the, uh, the, the forest groves of Vrindavan. There is Radha Madhava, and that means Radha Krishna. And then there is the Yamuna, hmm? Yamuna Tiravanachari. So, Radha Madhav Kunja Bihari, Gopi Jana Vallabha Girivaradhari. So, Gopi Jana Vallabha, there are the gopis, there are the Krishna of course, and then Girivaradhari, the Govardhan hill and all the inhabitants that came under the Govardhan hill for protection, practically the entire Vrindavan, Nanda Maharaj, Yashoda and all the gopis, the gopas, the cows, everybody is involved there, Girivaradhari. Um, Yashoda Nandana, Vrajajana Ranjana, uh, he is the, uh, he is the, son of Yashoda, so Yashoda Maya is there and then there is also the Vrajajana, all the, the life, he is the life of the inhabitants of Vrindavan and their, 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 their happiness, he is their happiness, Vrajajana Ranjana. Yamuna Tira Vanachari, there is a Yamuna river, there is the Krishna walking on the banks of the Yamuna, so everything is there in that one song, so it's a very simple song. So Prabhupada, that's why I like that song so much, his favourite song, the whole picture of Vrindavan is there. So, these words, these verses are actually painting a picture in our mind, helping paint a picture with exact detail. Barha pidam natavaravapu 
Karnayo Karnikaram. So he is having the Karnikara flower in his ear. And then uh, Barhapidam, the peacock feather. So we can meditate on every single aspect of the description of Krishna's body. In, instead of just having a vague idea of Krishna's body, just like, okay, yeah, I know how Krishna looks, you know, like the fluid and uh, his legs, you know, three threefold bending form. Uh, yeah. No, with each detail and what flower is he having on the... So, just like when we look at the deity, we should look, I mean, very closely, all the decorations, all the things, you know. So, like that, closely, we can meditate on every single aspect of his decorations. In fact, there are more descriptions, in fact, in the Bhagavatam and the, the description of the Chaturbhuj Narayan Rup. Ah, all the, um, what is that, the ornaments that he wears on the hands, on the earrings, what shape, like, you know, the shark-shaped earrings, you know, we sing in the Damodarashtaka song, shark-shaped earrings. Why this, why must mention shark-shaped, just can say earrings, right? No, that enhances, that focuses our meditation exact, and it is actually a fact, he was wearing shark-shaped earrings, I mean, he is, and when we say that, then we know what kind of earrings he likes. So, he, you know, that meditation, that focused, detailed meditation on Lord Krishna is achievable by reciting these shlokas which are composed by great sages who actually premanjana churita bhakta vilochanena they actually see the Lord and by seeing him they are writing the description in the form of this poetry and when we chant them we can also understand what the Lord wears what the Lord does everything so in this way this becomes a nice movie in our mind nice painting in our mind so these are all painted by these words of Shastra or another suppose I am feeling very, you know, unqualified. Feeling very unqualified. Hmm? Feeling down. Then what to do? <laughs> so there are some verses. I just want to show one verse. Very nice verse. You see, this is uh, Madhilila, Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhilila, chapter 23, verse 29. We have already actually seen this in earlier classes, but we will go through it again. Na prema shravanadi bhakti rapiva yogothava vaishnavo gyanam vashubha karma vaki adho sajjati rapyastiva hinarthadhika sadhaketva itatha apyechadye mulasati he gopi janavalla bhavyatayate Oh my Lord, I do not have any love for you, nor am I qualified for discharging devotional service by chanting and hearing, nor do I possess the mystic power of a Vaishnava, knowledge or pious activities, nor do I belong to a very high caste family. On the whole, I do not possess anything. Still, O beloved of the gopis, Krishna, because you bestow your mercy on the most fallen, I have an unbreakable hope that is constantly in my heart. That hope is always giving me pain. This is a verse from the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. So, of course, we can't hope for Krishna's mercy to come when we don't do our work. As as is said in the, I think in the Bible also, God helps those who help themselves. That means what? We have to do our part. Then, yes, then we have to hope for the Lord's mercy. Not that we hope for the Lord's mercy and do nothing. Then it's not going to come also. The Lord's mercy also is not going to come. But we have to try our very, very best. And we have to know that we are totally incapable. 
without the mercy of the spiritual master and Krishna and we have to pray for their mercy in this way. So, especially in the beginning stages of devotional service, we try to, you know, you know, think like a pure devotee and, you know, like, you know, offer Krishna like big, big prayers. But actually, the thing that uh, will satisfy him most is our humility. If we can become humble and pray like this, I am not qualified at all. Um, like Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Narutam Das Thakur, they also pray like this. I am not at all qualified to do anything. Therefore, I need the mercy of Guru and Krishna. So, therefore, in this way, we have to learn and humbly pray to the Lord and only then He will reciprocate. Like another verse is also there. Um, we will go to... This is also by Rupa Goswami. It's quoted in the purport of Mukundamala Stotra. It's a very, very nice verse. <clears throat> this is from Stavamala. Rupa Goswami said, Manasi japani jushte, labdha patosmi dushte, timiragahana rupe, hanta samsara kupe, ajitani khilaraksha, hetumudhara daksham, upanayamamahaste, bhakti rajumnamaste. So, he is saying, Alas, I have fallen into the deep, dark well, filthy well of samsara, in which the viper of sex desire dwells. O invincible Lord, the rope of devotional service is the cause of universal protection and is expert at delivering the fallen souls. Please place that rope in my hand. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. So, he's he's saying, Krishna, I am deep inside this, deep inside this dark well, blind well of sense gratification. And the... The snake is also there. The snake is compared to sense gratification, especially of sex desire. So, not only am I so down deep in this well, but also there is a snake. So, I am in complete danger. So, please, you know, and you see how rhyming he uses the words. Manasijapani jushte, labdhapatosmi dushte, timiragahana rupe, hantasamsara kupe, ajitanikhila raksha, Easy to remember and very very nice verse because we can, you know, we can completely um, picture, pictureize the whole thing. I am in this well, please, the only way we can be saved from that well is if somebody hands down the rope and then if you hold that rope and the person will pull us up. We just have to hold the rope tight. So that rope, what is that rope? Bhakti Rajum Upanaya Mama Haste. That means Upanaya means please bring near to my hand. Haste Mama means my. Haste means hands. Upanaya Mama Haste. Bring near to my hands. What is that? Bhakti Rajum Namaste. So Bhakti Rajum means the rope of devotion. Please bring it. I want to hold on to it. And we have to hold on to it tight. Because even if the person is can pull us up. If we don't ho- hold it, we will fall back. Hmm. So therefore, this Bhakti Rajum is very powerful, but we have to hold it tight. So therefore, we have to stick to the principles. In other words, we have to stick to the instructions of the spiritual master. Completely, tightly, without any complete grip. With all our might at our command, we have to hold on to the instructions of Srila Prabhupada. And then, Krishna will deliver us. You see? So, these are some of the prayers. So, we can picture as ourselves in this way and then offer these prayers to the Lord. 
I'm actually amalgamating <laughs> few points here. So, so meditation on Krishna. So remembering Krishna, that's what that was the actual point. So these are, of course, I have gone to a different shlokas. But you see, by remembering Krishna, by engaging our intelligence in trying to, because it takes a little bit of exercise of intelligence. Just like when you when you exercise, you know, bodybuilding or whatever. It, it hurts, you know, it hurts when you lift the weights or when you do push-ups or pull-ups or something, it, it hurts. When you run, the legs hurt. And only when it hurts, then it will grow. Similarly, in the beginning, when you're trying to learn the verses, it is an exercise for the intelligence. In the beginning, it can be a little bit exhausting. But, just persevere. The only way is, do a little bit, until you get a little exhausted, then okay, next line, next not next life, <laughs> next life, no, next day, then start over again, again, repeat that word. Actually, it helps when you give that space in between, the intelligence works, especially in the night. And then next day, uh, then you can, when you attempt that verse, oh, it comes more easily. So, as you take baby steps on this learning process, eventually your intelligence, muscle memory of the intelligence becomes more and more tough. And then you can easily remember more verses and more verses and more verses and more verses. In this way, if we engage our intelligence in Krishna, that is devotional service. And here Krishna said, in the 8th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, 7th verse, Tasmat Sarveshu Kaleshu Maam Anusmara Yudhyacha Mai Arpita Mano Budhir Maam Evaishya Samshayaha Therefore, Arjuna, you should always think of me in the form of Krishna and at the same time carry out your prescribed duty of fighting. With your activities dedicated to me and your mind and intelligence fixed on me, you will attain me without doubt. Just like Yashodamaya, she was churning the yogurt and butter and then she was singing all the shlokas of Krishna's pastimes. So, you see here, you should think of me and at the same time carry out your prescribed duty. So, even while you are doing your work, suppose you are travelling, commuting to work, now you can't, of course. Now it's lockdown. But when you are going to work or either you're doing something, even maybe just ordinary chores, you know, instead of just like, you know, letting your mind go and think about this and that and gossip and, you know, let your mind go all around the universe, we can chant this verse as we are doing about our activities. Suppose we memorized, say, for example, Govinda Mahadipurusham prayers from the Brahma Samhita. So as we are maybe putting our clothes into laundry and wash into the washing machine or cleaning our house, we can just chant. Chintamani prakara sadma sukalpa vriksha laksha vriteshu surabhira bhipala yantam Lakshmi sahasra shatasam brahma sevyamanam govindamadi purusham tamaham bhajami In this way we can just chant one by one all the verses. We can just do our work and at the same time remember these things. So mayarpita manobuddhir at the same time as carrying out the duty also remember me and also not only govindamadi purusham there is Kunti Devi's prayers, imbued with so much philosophy. And even Bhagavad Gita, you can chant, if you can remember important shlokas or the whole chapter, you can you can chant like that. Or the the song like, you know, like Samsara Dava and Haloka. And please, all devotees, sometimes, you know, devotees just sing it because they have heard it. And sometimes they hear it wrong and they sing it wrong also. Please revise, look at each word and pronounce properly and understand those words then you know what you are singing. I have told this many times already. So, that way we can remember Krishna. And 
if we invest our intelligence in remembering Krishna in this way, then Krishna says in the 18th chapter, 70th verse, that whoever engages his intelligence studies this conversation. You see, Adhyeshyate chaya imam dharmyam samvadam avayo jnana yajnate naham ishtahasyam itime matihi. And I declare that he who studies this sacred conversation of ours worships me by his intelligence. So, we have to study this sacred conversation. Not just, reading is good. I'm not at all discounting that. But then we have to go to the next step, next level. Reading is good, but then we have to come to the point of studying, understanding all the, the entire conversation of Bhagavad Gita in and out. And there are so many verses quoted in the purports. Try to understand them in context of the verse and then try to remember some of those verses and hear Prabhupada's lectures on those verses and then what he explains, take those points from there and what verses he quotes in those lectures. It may be different from the verses in the already in the purport. So, take note of those verses and when, when we are hearing the class in the temple, what verses is the devotee quoting? Uh, we quote, I mean, we take, the, take note of how he is connecting this shloka to that. In this way, we study. You know what study? Study is not reading. Study is involving yourself much more than just reading. Understanding and remembering, memorizing and reproducing. This is called studying. Reading is it's good. It's one way. It's just, it can be very passive. Attentive reading is, of course, that is what is the aim. But usually, it just goes as a passive thing and we don't really try to remember, try to memorize, try to reproduce. So, these all things um, are study. We should like, as if, suppose there is an exam. What we do? We read, we revise. So, there has to be revision also. So, after we studied everything, then we revise. Okay, what all, what all the points? Question, test ourselves. So, all these things, I will, I will, these techniques all I will teach in the future classes um, in this series. But, this is how we study. Study means, it's like, it's like, we are actually preparing for an exam. Death is the exam. It's not that we just imagine that you're preparing for an exam. No, we are preparing for an exam. And death is the exam. And for to able to pass that, of course, we can't say that if I completely learn all the slokas, I will pass the exam of death. But we have a much higher chance. It all depends on the Lord ultimately. It's not that only shloka we have to learn. We have to do all services and be a sincere devotee, not offend Vaishnavas, everything we have to do. But all that comes from understanding the scriptures. For example, when we are chastised, suppose some devotee has chastised us, used harsh words in chastising. Immediately, we may become, oh, how can the devotees speak like this? You know, I don't want to be with the devotees anymore. I, I don't want to come to this temple. I just want to do my own thing. Easy to say that. It's, it's, it's the easiest thing to say, in fact. It's the path of least resistance. Because that's how Maya is. Maya is always sloping downward. We have to climb up. Krishna. Upward path is always, you know, you have to put a lot of effort. Sliding down is the easiest path. It's the least resistance. You just have to sit down and you will slide down all the way. You know. So, Maya is like that. Always offering us the slide. You know, when the snakes and ladders, it is a snake. <laughs> always pulling us down. We are trying to, I think Prithviraj Prabhu, I think, made this um, point the other day. <laughs> he was just uh, referring to Maya as like a snake and ladders. You are trying to Climb up the ladder and then the snake comes and then all the way you go down. So, Maya is like that, always giving us a slide. You know? So, we have to be very careful. Um, we, we cannot take that path. Immediately, we have to remember, oh, 
Sivananda Sena was chastised by Nityananda Prabhu. He kicked Nityananda Prabhu. Kicked. Oh, Rasa, Rasikananda, he was chastised by Shamananda Pandit. Oh, um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu chastised Chota Haridas. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also chastised oh, Advaita Acharya for this purpose. And Nityananda Prabhu for that purpose. So, in this way, we have, if we remember all these things. Hmm. Oh, you see how and how they took it. And when Sanatana Goswami and uh, Jagadananda Pandit were there, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu scolded Jagadananda Pandit. We, I think we read this the other day, if you have been coming and attending our classes. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because Jagadananda Pandit was junior to Sanatan Goswami, and Jagadananda Pandit tried to advise Sanatan Goswami, which was against the etiquette. As a junior devotee, can't advise a senior like that. So, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to know this, then he immediately scolded uh, Jagadananda Pandit. How can you, you know, uh, instruct him? Who are you? He is much more advanced. He can instruct me also. Sanatan Goswami is so advanced. That I am, I have to take instructions from him. His position is like that. And who are you to instruct him? Jagadananda? You are just a young boy. Then, okay, this was what happened. But you see how Sanatan Goswami took it. He said, Sanatan Goswami said, you see, I knew, I knew that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you are more merciful to Jagadananda. You are easily scolding him. If you are scolding him, means that you, that means you, are actu- you actually care for him. But with me, you are always giving me praise. You are always, you know, um, giving me opportunity to, for my ego to inflate and you are treating me with a cordial relationship as if I am an outsider. You would shout at easily at your family member but with outsider you will behave nicely, right? Cordially. So, he is saying, you are taking Jagadananda Pandita as your family member but I am an outsider. I am not within your circle. You see how Ch- Sanatana Goswami took it. So, in that way, chastisement is actually a favor. He is actually... He's, he is worrying about me. He is concerned about my spiritual life. That's why he is chastising me. If we take it like this, oh, it, our perspective changes. So, these things are there for us to control our mind in this way. When we face these situations, different kinds of situations. So, in the Shastra, all these examples are there. So, unless we read and remember and recollect and reproduce and explain it to others, the best way to remember something is Tell others about it. The more you tell others about it, the more you remember it yourself. That is Vidya. Vidya, as much as you distribute, that much you remember more, that much you gain. Hmm. As much as you don't tell others, you will also forget it. Hmm. Alright. That is remembering Krishna. Then offering nice prayers to Krishna. So, just now that Manasi Japani Jushte, Labdha Pathos, Nidushte, these are actually offering nice prayers to Krishna in a humble way. Sometimes we may write our own prayers, but they may not be perfect. Uh, we may commit many mistakes because we do not know the exact signs of devotional service. So, we may make many mistakes and offenses. So, therefore, the safest path to glorify the Lord, to glorify the pure devotees is to repeat the prayers already offered by pure devotees who are above mistakes. This pure devotees they don't make mistakes. That is explained in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. In the Adilila, chapter 2, text 86, here it is said, Brahma Pramad Vipralipsa Karana Patav Arshavigya Vakya Nahi Dosha Eshav. Mistakes, illusions, cheating, and defective perception do not occur in the sayings of the authoritative sages. When they say something, it's perfect. So, when we repeat those words, our words are perfect. We may not be perfect, but because we are just repeating their words, it is perfect. So, that is perfect prayer. And Krishna also likes that. He says, Madhbhakta Pujya Bhedika. 
it is better to worship my devotee than to worship me. So, worshipping his devotee also means reciting the devotee's prayers. So, this is called Anukirtanam. Anukirtanam means two meanings. Anu means to follow in the footsteps of other Acharyas, Satovritte, which is in the nectar of instruction, third verse. That means you follow in the ways of the authoritative sages. And Anu also means constantly. Anudinam, Khalu Saiva Jushta, Syat Krishna Nama Charitadi, Sitapya Vidya, Pitto Patapta Rasanasya Narochikanu, Kintva Daradanudinam, Khalu Saiva Jushta, Swadvi Kramad Bhavati Tadgadamula Hantri. So the Anudinam means every day. Anu means always. Dinam means day. Anudinam means every day. So Anu means all the time, always. So Anu also means in the process that is already given by the authoritative devotees. So Mahajano Yenagata Sapantha, the Pantha, the path chalked out by the great Acharyas. When we take that path, then we become safe. Because Krishna will accept that process as stated in the Bhagavatam in the 10th canto. Second chapter, verse 31, as we can see here. Svayam samuttirya sudustaram dyuman bhavar navam bhimam adabhrasauhridah bhavat padam bhoruhanavamatrate nidhayayatah sadhanugraho bhavan. 10 to 31 Bhagavatam. O Lord, who resemble the shining sun, you are always ready to fulfill the desire of your devotee and therefore you are known as a desire tree, Vanchakalpataru. When Acharyas completely take shelter under your lotus feet in order to cross the fierce ocean of nations, they leave behind on earth the method by which they cross and because you are very merciful to your other devotees, you accept this method to help them. And part of the method is also the prayers that they leave behind. Like Prahlad Maharaj, he went to spiritual world, but he left the prayers for us. So we, the Krishna accepts that method. Krishna accepts those prayers also. So this is Anukirtanam, Anushravanam, Anusmaranam. We have to think about Krishna as described by the authoritative devotees who have actually seen him. So this is offering nice prayers. And one more point is, we have already, uh, uh, I mean, we have already read that part of uh, Nectar of Devotion, reciting notable prayers. Um, so, that is this. So, offering nice prayers to Krishna. Remembering Krishna is one thing, but offering prayers to Krishna is another thing. Uh, then, these prayers can also be chanted during festival times. In the, suppose there is Abhishek of the Lord, you know, ceremony. And then we can chant this, you know, Govindamadi Purusham Tamaham Bhajami or from the Mukundamala Stotra or from the Bhagavatam. In this way, we can chant all the shlokas in glorification or the Purusha Sukta. We can chant, chant all the shlokas when the Lord, the festival is going on. That is another way we can engage ourselves in chanting these nice shlokas. Apart from the Kirtan that is going on, also one person can stand and chant all the shlokas. Now, the other, effective for preaching. Shlokas, without shlokas, where is the class? Hmm? You know what happens when, 
when we try to give a class without shlokas, we're just talking our head out, you know, completely speculating, completely, you know, just going from, we do not know, sometimes we just stop and we don't know what to say next, you know, because we, we are not guided by the shloka, by the shlokas. If we know what we are saying, if we remember the shlokas, one shloka will lead to another, one will lead to another, will lead to another. In this way, the thought, the flow of thought, it's all about, speaking is all about the flow of thought in the head. So, when we are, when we are giving a class, you know, it, we have to, um, not giving a class, it's not wrong grammar, taking a class or delivering a lecture. So, we have to, you know, think. As we speak, we have to think, right? So, for that, our, our thought must be completely in sync with Shastra. Then, yes, it will be free flow. You go to one point, one, another point, like how Sundagopal Prabhu has trained us. From one point, another point, another point, another point. You know, all connected, interconnected from different parts of the scriptures. That's how we learned it. Of course, Srila Prabhupada also taught us the same way. He quotes here and there, here and there. And if you actually notice, if you read his purports, any of his purports, each and every line can be mapped to a shloka. Let's see if I can show you an example. Say we will go to chapter 4, text 9. Janma Karma Chamedivyam. Okay, this is, this is the verse. Janma Karma Chamedivyam. You can see this, yeah. This verse is very famous verse. I mean, Prabhupada quoted this many times. Every devotee should know this. 4 9, chapter 4, text 9. Janma karma chame divyam mevam yo vetti tatvataha tyaktva deham punarjanma naiti mameti sojuna. One who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not, upon leaving the body, take his birth again in this material world but attains my eternal abode, Arjuna. So, one who knows Krishna's activities and birth after this body, he is going to get eternal body in the Vaikuntha Loka. Now, let's look at just the purport, try to analyze. You see how Prabhupada, although it's just like a purport, like a long text, but actually each and everything is a verse. Let's see. The Lord's descent from his transcendental abode is already explained in the sixth verse. Ajopisan Navyatma Bhutanam Ishvaropisan. Prakritim Swamadhishtaya Sambhavami Atma Maya. That is the verse. One who can understand the truth of the appearance of the personality of Godhead is already liberated from material bondage and therefore returns to the kingdom of God immediately after quitting this present material body. Okay, that is this verse itself. Such liberation of the living entity from material bondage is not at all easy. Um, there are many verses like this. Like, um, I mean, this is this is a this is an easy, easily understandable fact. Yes, a liberation of the living entity from material bondage is not easy. But there are actually verses to support this. Because that is the impersonal path. But either way, liberation is very difficult. The impersonalists and yogis attain liberation only after much trouble enough and many many births. Even then the liberation they achieve merging into the impersonal Brahma Jyoti of the Lord is only partial and there, there is the risk of returning to this material world. This is the Srimad Bhagavatam 10232. This is that verse. I mean, I can show you the verse, but I'm just saying giving an example. But the devotee simply by understanding the transcendental nature of the body and activities of the Lord attains the abode of the Lord after ending this body and does not run the risk of returning to this material world. Does not run the risk. Where is that? Yad gatva nani vartante tad dhama paramam mama. 
when he go once he goes to the abode of the lord this is um, chapter 5 chapter 15 of bhagavad gita text 6 uh, so yad gatva na nivartante yad gatva yad gatva sorry na nivartante he will not return to this material world so that is the does not run the risk of returning to this material world because that part is not there in today's i mean this 49 is there in the 156 in the brahma samhita 533 it is stated that the lord has many many forms and incarnations advaita machuta manadam ananta rupam here is he is actually quoting the shloka although there are many transcendental forms of the lord they are still one and the same supreme personality of godhead where is that deepachireva hidashantaram abhyupetya deepayate vivrita hetu samana dharma ಪಂಥಾಸ್ತುಕೋಟಿಶತವತ್ಸರಸಂಪ್ರಗಮ್ಯೋ and even other verses are also there vayorathapi manaso muni muni pungavanam sopyasti yat prapadasimna vichintya tatve govindamadi purusham tam aham bhajami or even it is said um, uh, what is that nayamatma pravachanena labhyo namedhayana bahunashrutena uh, yad yam vrunushat tena labhyas tasyaiva es tasyashetam vivrunute tanum swam uh, <coughs> ನೈಷಿಂ ನೈಷಾಂ ಮತಿಸ್ತಾವದ ಋಕ್ರಮಾಂಘ್ರೀಂ ನೋ ನಾಟ್ ದಟ್ ಯಾ ಸ್ಪೃಶತಿ ಅನರ್ಥಾಗಪಗಮೋದರ್ಥ ಮಹೀಯ ಸಾಂಪಾದರಜೋಭಿಷೇಕಂಚನಾಣ್ಯ ನೋ ಮತಿರ್ನ ಕೃಷ್ಣೆ ಪರತಸ್ವತೋ ವಾ ಮಿಥೋಪಿಪದ್ಯೇತ ಗೃಹವ್ರತಾಂತಗೋಭಿರ್ವಿಶತಾಂ ತಮಿಶ್ರಂ ಪುನಃ ಪುನಶ್ಚರ್ವಿತಚರ್ವನಾಂ ಪ್ರಹ್ಲಾದ್ ಮಹಾರಾಜ್ ಪ್ರೇಯಸ್ ಕಾಂಟು ಸೆವೆನ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಫೈವ್ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ ಥರ್ಟಿ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪ್ಲೇನ್ ಹಿಯರ್ here is actually quoting you see as stated in the vedas purusha bodhini upanishad eko devo nityalilanu rakto bhaktavyapi hridyantaratma the one supreme personality of god is eternally engaged in many many transcendental forms and relationships with the analoid devotees this vedic version is confirmed in this verse of the gita personally by the lord see how he is connecting that vedic verse from the purusha bodhini upanishad to this verse he who accepts the truth on the strength of the authority of the vedas and of the supreme personality of godhead and does not waste time in philosophical speculations attains the highest perfectional stage of liberation so this is also stated in many verses uh, like shreyashritim bhakti mudassate vibho klishantiye kevala bodhalabdhaye tesham aso kleshala eva shishyate sthula tushavagathinam what is that tesham sthula tushavagathinam for the last word you see so in this way every other endeavor other than devotional service is waste of time simply by accepting this truth on faith one can without a doubt attain liberation the vedic version tatvamasi is actually applied in this case anyone who understands lord krishna to be supreme or who says unto the lord you are the same supreme brahman the personality of godhead param brahma param dhama pavitram paramam bhavan this is that verse is certainly liberated instantly and consequently his entrance into the transcendental association of the lord is guaranteed hmm. so many verses also guaranteeing the entrance of the devotee into the kingdom of god in other words such a faithful devotee of the lord attains perfection and this is confirmed in the following vedic assertion tameva viditvati mrityumeti nanyah pantha vidyate nayanaya vidyate yanaya 
One can attain the perfect stage of liberation from birth and death simply by knowing the Lord, the Supreme Personality of Godhead and there is no other way to achieve this perfection. Svetashvatara Upanishad, Chapter 3, Text 8. That there is no alternative means that anyone who does not understand Lord Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead is surely in the mode of ignorance and consequently he will not attain salvation simply, so to speak, by licking the outer surface of the bottle of honey or by interpreting the Bhagavad Gita according to mundane scholarship. So, this is Maya Paharta Jnana. Uh, in the 7th chapter verse 15. So, uh, just trying to understand Bhagavad Gita but they, with their own interpretations. It is like licking the bottle of honey. You cannot, you cannot taste the honey by licking the bottle. So, even though you may have Bhagavad Gita, you cannot taste the sweetness of Bhagavad Gita by you know, doing it in your own way, interpreting it in your own way. You have to actually open it. And to open it, we need the help of a pure devotee. Such empiric philosophers may assume very important roles in the material world, but they are not necessarily eligible for liberation. Hmm. I think there is a verse about this also. Anyway, you get the point. You see, such puffed up mundane scholars have to wait for the causeless mercy of the devotee of the Lord. Naisham madhistavad rukramang grim sprishati anartha bhagamo yadartha mahiyasam padrajobhishekam nishkinchananam navranita yavat. That is the verse. Other verses also there by Rahu Ganaitat Tapasana Yati. So, in the different place in the Bhagavatam it is there. One should therefore cultivate Krishna consciousness with faith and knowledge and in this way attain perfection. So you see how each and every sentence can be mapped to actually a verse. So he's not talking anything that is, you know, uh, how, something in wild imaginations. No, you can map everything to a verse. And even the songs of the Vaishnava Acharyas can be mapped to verses from the Shastra. So what I'm saying is when we are preaching, we have to always be guided by the Shastra. And not just guided, we have to actually quote the actual Sanskrit. And when we quote the Sanskrit, suppose we are preaching to another person. Uh, if we quote the Sanskrit, immediately the person will have, uh, uh, psychologically, he will understand that, oh, this person knows his stuff, you know, he is quoting from the... Of course, there was Sundagopal told us of an incident where this devotee, who is a disciple of Prabhupada, he... He did not know the Shastra very well, but he wanted to make an impression of a, of a scholar. So, when he gives class, he will say suddenly, you know, that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The verse and the translation has no relation at all. No relation. But the verse is saying that you, as we are turning from boyhood to youthhood to old age, and the soul similarly passed into another body at death. And he is quoting that for Krishna as the Supreme Person. Because then, you know, after the class was finished, then the devotee asked him, Prabhu, why did you quote that verse? And, you know, saying, ah, who knows? <laughs> Just they hear the verse, they will, you know, get some, you know. So, we should not cheat like this. This is bad. So, we can't, <laughs> we can't do like this. We have to quote, we have to know ourselves. And then we have to quote. Um, because if somebody actually knows the verse, they will know that we are fool number one and they will never come back in the temple. <laughs> so, um, we have to be careful, we have to actually quote nicely, properly. Alright, so, so it actually makes um, a good lecture um, when we are preaching. Always be guided by verses and um, yes, when we know the shlokas, especially by knowing each word of it, we can expand each word in different ways because the, each Sanskrit word has so much depth of meaning, multifarious meaning sometimes. Like Anu, for example, Anudinam. 
Anu, Anu Kirtana means all the time Kirtana, Kirtaniya Sadahari and also Anu means following in the footsteps of great Acharyas. So, in both these contexts there are many verses. So, the, in, the, in that way the meaning, although it is only one word, Anu Kirtanam, it can be expanded into many verses and explanations and angles of vision. So, in this way when we understand the word, Sanskrit word, sometimes when the English meaning you see, oh this is the meaning. But another place you see the same Sanskrit word, the meaning is slightly different. Why? That means this word can have these flavors of meaning. So, Sanskrit is not just like, uh, it's, it's a very deep language. So, each word can mean many, many things. Mm. So, when that is the fact, then we can understand the verse in so many ways, just by understanding the Sanskrit. But if you just understand English, you will understand one aspect of it. You see that? Um, so, Sanskrit understanding is that's why important. And of course, I already spoke about the Sanskrit effect. When you chant Sanskrit, it has a positive effect on the audience. When you chant it nicely in the right, right meter, it automatically has the effect on the audience. Wow, that was nice to hear. You know, So, automatically they will be attracted to hear more. So, in that way they will be hearing more about Krishna. In that way they will be purified more. So, it, it helps. It helps. And then Prabhupada said, our devotees should not just distribute the books. They have to able to study the books. Just as a lawyer can quote from the law books, our men should be able to quote from Shastra. Of course, this I could not find it anywhere. The devotees only said like this, but uh, he must have said this, you know. Where exactly there is no recorded conversation, maybe unrecorded. And also, yeah, I wanted to show this verse. This is very important. Because in spiritual circles, when we speak, we can't just give our wild, you know, opinions. Anudvegakaram vakyam satyam priyahitam chayat. Swadhyayabhyasanam chaiva vanmayam tapa uchyate. Austerity of speech consists in speaking words that are truthful, pleasing, beneficial, and not agitating to others, and also in regularly reciting Vedic literature. So, this is the austerity of speech. How speech should be like this. Of course, sometimes, you know, a sadhu's words can be a little bit sharp and harsh because it attacks the tendency of sense gratification of ordinary people. Um, can't be avoided sometimes, but as far as possible, the truth must be presented and in a non-agitating manner. But sometimes, Upadesho hi murkhanam prakopaya nashantaye payapanam bhujanganam kevalam vishavardhanam You know, it is said that, you know, if you give milk to a serpent sometimes, even though with good intention, the serpent or the snake will only increase poison in its head. So sometimes when you give instruction to a fool, even though nicely put, it will agitate the person. So what can we do? We just have to let him be and hope hope to I mean hope Krishna will give him intelligence. But otherwise our thing must be would be truthful, pleasing, beneficial, not agitating to others, and also in regularly reciting Vedic literature. That's actually that's where I want to um, highlight. In the purport, Prabhupada said, one should not speak in such a way as to agitate the minds of others. Of course, when a teacher speaks, he can speak the truth for the instruction of his students, but a teacher, but such a teacher should not speak to those who are not his students if he will agitate their minds. This is penance as far as talking is concerned. Besides that, one should not talk nonsense. The process of speaking in spiritual circles is to say something upheld by the scriptures. One should at once quote from scriptural authority to back up what he is saying. 
At the same time, such talk should be very pleasurable to the ear. By such discussions, one may derive the highest benefit and elevate human society. There is a limitless talk of Vedic literature and one should study this. This is called penance of speech. So, we should uh, learn these shlokas and present them in an attractive, nice way. Mm. Attractive, nice way means we, we don't need to change it and you know, like, no. Seriously, present it seriously and in an attractive way. As, as Prabhupada said. So, then it will attract. So, this is as far as preaching is concerned. Now, two more points on the benefits. One is best use of random pockets of time. So, this can be the best use of random pockets of time because sometimes we have just have to wait around, sometimes we have to commute and when we are not chanting and we can't read or something and um, when we are doing about going about our chores, our regular work, as I said, we can actually always chant these verses and refresh our memory. It doesn't have to be, okay, this is my time for practicing verses. In the beginning, it, it, may, be, it, may, it may require your full attention. If you are doing something, you may not be able to chant it. But you should get it into your like muscle memory, as they say. Without even you thinking, you can do it. It's like driving in the beginning, you know, you have to remember so many things. Or you have to put, uh, I mean, first put on the seat belt and then look in the mirror, side mirror and look in the rear view mirror and then, um, you know, look with the, I mean, about your shoulder and then, then you put an indicator on and then you shift the gear by holding the clutch and then release the clutch slowly and then increase the, I mean, press on the accelerator. In this way, there are so many things to remember when you are driving. But then, after you have been experienced, you will come to a stage where you can talk to the person next to you, you know, your whole life story and you continue to drive and you will do all these things automatically and you can talk to the person in addition to that. So, in the beginning, you won't be able to do that. When you are seeing all these things, when somebody talks to you, hey, please, please don't talk to me. You know, that's the kind of in the beginning. So, it can be like that in the beginning, but we have to get to the point of the only thing, the best way to, you know, get it into our psychology, I mean, psyche is that just recite as many times as possible. Suppose you uh, w- learn one verse today. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Every five minutes, every five... Whenever you have a free pocket of time, just repeat it. Just repeat it. Just re- Even though you know you, you know the verse, just repeat it and then try to remember. Okay, do I, me- do I remember every uh, meaning of every single word? Okay. Okay, like that. Janma, karma, cha, me, divyam. What is divyam? What is me? What is cha? Um, evam yo vetti tatvataha tyaktva deham punar punar is actually punaha oh, so in the sandhi it's punar so these all these things so we have to understand and know each and if we just repeat and repeat you will get into our memory within one or two days and then after getting in our memory it's not just okay now i got in my memory i'll never forget no we will forget two days later we'll forget so we will repeat again and again and again so this is also i will teach how to do it and another uh, interesting way that we can learn, I mean, use these shlokas is when suppose there are a group of devotees, we can have like a game, you know, we can have a quiz. You know, suppose we are you know, on a pilgrimage and we are going on a bus you know, in India or something or on a train or something, nothing to do, you know, just sit down. Okay, we are going to have a quiz, you know, game. Okay, what is the verse that says uh, we should read only Krishna Prasadam? Oh, 3.13, all right. Okay, what is this verse that says, uh, Krishna said we have to always remember him. Oh, manmana bhavamad bhakto, where it is, what number, or oh, 9.34. In this way, we can always 
quiz each other and, and you know in that way they also are made to think you know we can use shlokas in this way to pass the time in a productive way this is one benefit and last one improve our sanskrit facilitating an in-depth understanding and appreciation for sanskrit and the vedic culture as a whole for example the word um, mamsa in english we just say meat hmm. nothing okay uh, let's eat meat you know finish so there is nothing no no processing going on in the brain just eating only and then going to hell straight but in sanskrit mamsa oh mamsa means mam uh, what is it khai khadyati something saha so basically mam means me saha means he so referring to the animal that i'm going to kill to eat so mam saha means me and he so now i'm killing him and eating him so next life in the future he can eat me in the same way so i am agreeing to this terms and condition as any app or any website you agree terms and condition we just click agree agree so like that we are agreeing by saying mamsa we agreeing then if we are a little bit thoughtful oh what am i agreeing to what are the terms and conditions oh this is mamsa this is the, the whole law of karma is embedded in that one word so it opens up the depth of it the word is more than just meat what is meat you know there's no meaning there but when you say mamsa the whole karma the law of karma is embedded in that one word immediately makes you think this is culture for example three so stri means one who expands oh what is that expands so woman woman is called stri stri when one who one who expands how why who she expands what what she expands she expands of course we have a bigger family but then more than that not just the children coming out but she expands the illusion ಇಂಕ್ರೀಸಸ್ or expands life's illusions and things in terms of iron mind so this expansion of illusion is the meaning of the word stri now a brahmachari if he <laughs> thinks about the word stri oh the one who expands illusion oh no so <laughs> control so it gives you that whole idea of the whole maya how the illusion this whole how my life is you know so many things will come and you know so many distractions will come so in this way uh it it you know makes us think so like this and uh, putra putra means punnama naraka trayate iti putra punnama punnama narakad trayate iti putra so that means putra means son basically father and son son so that putra is two words pu and tra pu stands for punnama naraka the hell known as pun and tra stands for trayate or to release or to deliver from so the person who delivers his father from going to hell is putra how they do that they offer this pindadan shraddha ceremony every anniversary of the death anniversary of the person the departed soul they make this three balls of rice you know one two three and then they offer it to vishnu and then offer that 
Vishnu Prasad to the departed soul through mantras. So this is the Shraddha Sarmani. In this way, the the forefather who has passed away, he will stay in Pitraloka as long as he has been as he will be receiving the uh, this Pindadana Shraddha offerings. So in that way, he will not go down to hell as long as he is getting this Vishnu Prasadam. So in this way, the Putra is there. Putra Pinda Prayojanam. Uh, the only reason for getting married is to get a son who can do the Pinda, you know, the, the Pinda, so that I won't, I don't go to hell. So this is one of the reasons of begetting children, mm, good children. Mm. So of course, one who becomes Krishna conscious, as we have seen in Prahlad Maharaj's case, you know, 21 generations are going up, you know, all going back liberated. So in this way, there is Putra. If he doesn't do that, if a putra doesn't do that, if he doesn't do devotional service, if he doesn't offer shraddha and all this, then what he becomes? Mutra. Mutra means urine. So putra, mutra. Both come from the same part of the body, the genitals. But, so if he doesn't do the, uh, the, the actual duty of a putra, he becomes mutra. All this is embedded in that one word, putra. So you see how the Sanskrit word is much more meaningful than the English word, son. Son. What son? Okay, father, son, biological son. That's a finish. There's no other depth to the relationship. But here there is depth. The depth is what we need to understand. Sanskrit. And Sanskrit. Krit means made. Sanskrit. Sam means perfect. Sanskrit means it's perfectly made, this language. And also it is based on Sanskriti. Sanskriti means culture. What culture? Perfect culture. Samskriti. Kriti means activities, culture. But Sanskriti means the perfect culture. So, we are introduced to this perfect culture, the nuances of the perfect culture, just by knowing the Sanskrit words. And these slokas have so many such words. And as we increase our vocabulary of verses and words, we will, we will have a much deeper appreciation of this whole Vedic culture as a whole and for the language as well. So, that is the last benefit. So, pretty much we have come to the end. And if you are thinking, oh, this is all, you know, too much, you know, how, how can I remember all these things? I, I know now it all sounds nice, but how can I remember? So, just a little words of encouragement for those people who think like that. So, back in the past, when we, we you know, were not devotees, say, maybe there was a movie song. In India, there's all song, movies have songs. And a, or pop song or any any materialistic song. You must have remembered at least one or two of those songs, lyrics of those songs, right? So, we can remember. How did you remember that? Because there was interest. So, all the time you, may, you must have been singing that song over and over and over and over again. You know, that's how you remembered it. And that's because you actually connected with the song, you connected with that, whatever meaning of the song was, you connected it connected to it. So, you sang it and then you remembered it in the bathroom, in wherever you were singing it. So, likewise, if we always remember these shlokas like that, we can also remember these shlokas and also, we already remember already the Samsara Dhavanala song. Those who have been doing Mangalarti, they know the Mangalarti song and the Tulsi Puja song, Guru Puja song, Narasimharati song, Gaurarati song. So many songs we know. Uh, Dhamodarashtaka song. In this way, there are so many songs which we might know already. So, how did we know? Repeated chanting. So, if you repeat, you can do it. 
all we need is practice you may say oh i tried before but you know i, I couldn't maybe you tried in the wrong way but there is a correct method how to do it so that's what we're going to teach in this series hopefully it will help you do that so at the end of the series you should be able to what i would say is i would go so far as saying that you can learn 100 verses in the next one year two verses a week seven days two verses it's very very easy you start with small small verses in the bhagavad gita slowly build your repertoire of verses all right i think there are many verses and all but i don't know if we have time vishwambhu <laughs> also shared so many verses so thank you very much for coming and attending this session this first session and we will be having thing having six more maybe uh, unfortunately in the beginning of the session it all went disconnected i don't know why but uh, i mean fortunately we could start again and all of you found your way back into this because i i think it would have been a different link by which you had to come inside this live stream again i think we dropped some of the people we lost some of the viewers actually i can see the numbers we lost i think about 15 or 10 or 15 of them uh, what to do i don't know sometimes these are beyond my control so anyway thank you very much for coming and attending this live stream and um, now we will take any questions you might have i hope they are relevant questions again <laughs> okay we have some questions oh online bhagavad gita classes i think this is uh, manish prabhu from india i understand that every verse in our scriptures is important but still would you please suggest a list of most important verses which you prefer or one must remember okay good question so uh, there is this uh, shloka book I, i don't have a copy of it uh now with me my maybe tomorrow i'll show you the cover of it so shrila prabhupada shlokas there is a book which has all the um shlokas that shrila prabhupada used to quote in his uh, preachings so you can start from there it's a good start actually we all started from there we all start in fact now also i don't know many verses in that in that book as well so that's a very good start <clears throat> so from there you can know all the important verses and then you can slowly increase other verses as well so i will i will uh, probably i will show you tomorrow and i will if there is an online version of it, i think there is an online version of it also we will put a pdf i don't know if you can put it in the comments we will try all right otherwise we'll put a link in in the comments here so that you can come back here and both in the youtube and on the facebook video we will put the link of the shloka book and you can actually take it from there All right, Sri. What is the meaning of Granthraj? I notice you always say Granthraj, Sri Mad Bhagavatam ki. Grantha means scripture, book. Raj means king, the king of all scriptures, Bhagavatam. Granthraj, Sri Mad Bhagavatam ki jai. Oni Datta. He is from Bangladesh. Prabhu, is it important to memorize verse rather than understand the purport? All glories to Sri Prabhu. So it is both are important, both are important, but you can understand the purport. as i said in a much deeper way when you understand the sanskrit because you can then expand upon each of those words in the shloka and understand them in a much more wider perspective because each word of the shloka can have many meanings and it can have many applications for example um in the two second chapter 62nd verse dhyayato vishayan pumsa sangasteshu pajayate sangat sanjayate kama kamat krodho bijayate sangat sanjayate kama is there that means from your association you develop your um, desires 
And then of course it goes to that Kama becomes Krodha, Krodha becomes Sammoha, Sammoha becomes Smriti Vibhrama and then Buddhi Nasha and then Pranashyati. How one falls down into this material world. So actually it was a path, how sense gratification will lead to complete ruination of our lives. But that word Sangat Sanjayate Kamaha, Prabhupada used in other contexts, like in the nectar of instruction also we have seen. Sangat Sanjayate Kama. According to our association, so we develop our desires and qualities. So if we associate with devotees, we uh, develop the devotee qualities. If we associate with drunkards, we may, we may get the drunkard qualities. So the same word, but applied in a different context. Then Prasadya Sarva Dukhanam Hani Asyopajayate Prasanna Chetaso Hyashu Buddhi Paryavatishthate 265. Actually, it is speaking about the mercy of the Lord. Once one has the mercy of the Lord, then eventually the event, the, the intelligence, um, you know, the true intelligence comes out. But the same can be used for prasadam as well, Krishna prasadam. Although it was not intended in that way, Prabhupada used that word and that verse in that way also, prasade sarva dukhanam hani rasopajayati. So, in this way, when you know the Sanskrit, as we have seen, each word has many meanings. So, you will understand that verse from all these angles. Of course, you cannot speculate, make your own meanings churn out and no, within Prabhupada's instructions, not churn out some other different, different meanings. No, we, that is that is too much. Uh, that's why Prabhupada did not want us to become Sanskrit scholars because sometimes when we become scholars, we try to see that, oh, I know Sanskrit so well that I can, I can take out this meaning and that meaning and this meaning and that meaning. And then we will forget the real meaning of Bhagavad Gita. So that's what happened. Many many commentators wrote like that. So we cannot go dangerously into that path. But within Srila Prabhupada's instructions, we should remain and then we should understand in all different angles. Prabhupada also said that in one lecture. All right, next. Uh, Ajanya, what is the eligibility for preaching? If one chants 16 rounds, can the person preach? Yare dekha tare kaha Krishna upadesh. Amaragya guru Whatever you know about Krishna, tell. That is preaching. Can't do anything, distribute book. So even if you don't chant 16 rounds, you can always give the book to somebody. You know, of course you should chant. You know, upon we have to first perfect our life. Of course, it's not perfect our life means let me become a pure devotee, then I'll start preaching. No. By executing the order of the spiritual master, as, as long as we have understood that we have to surrender to Krishna and we are engaged in Krishna service and the order of the spiritual master, the next is go out and preach and you know, distribute books and that is also service. We may, we may not be perfect, but by engaging it in, in the service, then we become perfect. If I preach without initiation, is it wrong? No. No, it's not wrong. As long as we preach the right thing. As long as we don't deviate from what Srila Prabhupada says, it's not wrong. It's like uh, Prabhupada was saying that Saraswati, that Shamsundar Prabhu's daughter, uh, Prabhupada time, you know, when devotee Shamsundar Prabhu was there, American, his daughter, three-year-old daughter Saraswati, she used to ask, do you know who is Krishna? Then the devotees would say, no. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, she would say. Prabhupada said, that is preaching. You know. <laughs> hmm. So, anybody can preach. Whatever we know, we can we can preach. Do we need to learn Devanagari or just English is good enough to learn shlokas? So, I will be using the IAST method, which Prabhupada already uh, set up in the his books. So, we don't you don't require to know the Devanagari script itself because that is another whole another level of learning. That's it doesn't matter really because when you have the pronunciation, the main thing is the sound and the understanding of the words. If you can read Devanagari, that's an added advantage. But even if you can't, we can do with English. So, what I will be teaching in this series is with English letters, 
not the Devanagari. If you can learn Devanagari script, which is the Sanskrit script, you can you can learn it. Those who have Hindi background, they can know. But um, for those who are other places like Chinese or you know one from Hungary or Russia or all this, they they do not know. So with English letters, we're going to do that. So it's not a necessity. Uh, what is this? Is Shikshashtaka a good set of prayers to recite in front of the Lord? Yeah, so that's why we recite the Shikshashtaka every morning. So yeah, you can recite Shikshashtaka. That is also very good prayers. That is given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. But you must also learn other prayers also. Other prayers. Many other prayers are there. Um, what is the next one? Onidatta, okay. That means the persons who eat meat, they will be eaten. So, is this process will continue until the world get destroyed? And the person who eat meat, that means they were, they was also eaten in their previous life? Is it just question arising in my mind? Yes. So, those animals which are being killed now, they were animal killers in their previous lives. And those who are eating animals now, they will become animals in the next life and then they will be eaten. It's not that until the world will end. The world will not end. It is just a chain, you know. Don't think that this only earth is there. Every single planet in the universe is full of life. So, it will not end by one eating another. Because once the person, suppose the animal is killed now and eaten, that soul in the animal will go into another animal body or a human body or wherever he has to go. So, in that way he will take birth again, take birth again. In this Or insect or a grass or a tree, he will become anything. So, the world will not become empty by just uh, one eating another. Jivo Jivasa Jivanam, that is the law of this world. One living entity has to eat another living entity. But which living entity we are going to eat? What is uh, set aside as quota for us as human beings? That is only plant life. And that too, after offering to Krishna. So, any other, anything other than that is sinful and especially meat is even more sinful. Hmm. I would to keep Brahma Samhita out of memory. How many days would it take if I take one day per verse? Keep out of memory or in memory? You want to keep in memory or you keep out of memory? You forget it. So I, I, I believe, I think you meant um, keep in memory. So it is not how many days, it's about how many times you repeat and how often you repeat. So that is how easily or how uh, quickly you will memorize them. So we have to just repeat over and over and over again. And as you learn more and more verses, it will not be possible to repeat all those verses in one day because you are doing so many other things and chanting and this and that. Understandable. So, divide those verses then. Okay. This day, these verses. This day, these verses. So, then we have when you have more, okay, then three days. So, once in three days, you come back to the same set of verses. So, in this way, you can, you know, um, rotate and each day chant different verses like that. So that's what I'm going to teach in other lectures, I mean other sessions of this course. Um, Alright, so those are the questions and we of course have many quotations from Vishwambar Prabhu. But unfortunately, it's already 10 o'clock. So I request you all to kindly go through those nice verses that he has shared. i actually seen some of those but you know, this is from the 10, 80, 3 and 4. Yeah, this is also about the decoration of the tongue. Let's go there. So this is was shared by Vishwambar Prabhu. It's a very nice verse. Two verses actually. 
गुणांगृणीते करौ च तत्कर्म करौ मनश्च स्मरे वसतंस्थिजंगमेशु शृणौति तत्पुण्यकथा सकर्ण एक्चुअल स्पीच इज दैट विच डिस्क्राइब्स द क्वालिटीज ऑफ द लॉर्ड अदरवाइज इट्स स्टूपिड स्पीच इट्स इट्स समथिंग कंप्लीटली नॉनसेंसिकल रियल हैंड्स आर दोज दैट वर्क फॉर हिम अ ट्रू माइंड इज दैट विच ऑलवेज रिमेंबर्स हिम dwelling within everything moving and non moving and actual ears are those that listen to sanctifying topics about him how nicely it is said next verse shirastu tasyo bhayalingam anamet tadeva yad pashyati tadhichakshu angani vishnu rathatajjananam padodakam yani bhajanti nityam an actual head is one that bows down to the lord in his manifestations among the moving and non moving creatures real eyes are those that see only the lord and actual limbs are those which regularly honor the water that has bathed the lord's feet or those of the devotees charnamrita in this way there are other verses also he quoted i don't know if you have time to go through all of them no these are the verses shravanam kirtanam dhyayam harer adbhuta karmana oh there are so many verses here how to even finish any of this okay two devotees have quoted this verse so let's go here this is about yathaihi kamushmika kamalampata suteshu dareshu dhaneshu chintayan sanketa vidwan कुकलेवरात्यादस्तुकलेवरात्यादस्तुकलेवरात्यादस्तुकलेवरात्यादस्तुकलेवरात्यादस्तुकलेवरात्यादस्तुकलेवरात्यादस्तुकलेवरात्
श्रवणम कीर्तनम ध्यानम हरेरद्भुतकर्मण जन्मकर्मगुणा तदर्थेखिलचेषिम इष्ट दत्म तपोजप्त वृत्त यछात्मन प्रिय दारा सुतांगृहां प्राणान यत्परस्म निवेदनम ब्यूटिफुल वर्स one should hear glorify and meditate upon the wonderful transcendental activities of the lord one should specifically become absorbed in the appearance activities qualities and holy names of the personality supreme personality of godhead thus inspired one should perform all one's daily activities as an offering to the lord one should perform sacrifice charity and penance exclusively for the lord's satisfaction similarly one should chant only those mantras which glorify the supreme personality of godhead and all one's religious activities should be performed as an offering to the lord whatever one finds pleasing or enjoyable he should immediately offer to the supreme lord and even his wife children home and the very life heir he should offer at the lotus feet of the supreme personality of godhead so we invite all the parents to offer their sons as brahmacharis in the temple by following this verse <laughs> even his wife children home and very life heir he should offer at the lotus feet of the supreme personality of godhead and that that means so this is how this verse actually means that every parent should give their son to the krishna consciousness movement so and let him become brahmachari so that is the meaning of this verse so we should perform <laughs> so so these are not just jokes these are actual real instructions so unless we know these things we will always think oh this is my son this is my family this is my what my 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 it's all an illusion we should offer everything to the lord all right so i think i will not take much more time we will meet again tomorrow with the actual sanskrit class where we will actually learn the signs of sanskrit alphabet and pronunciation there it's a whole science you will love it because after that you will see how imperfect english is so we will um and we will also learn how to pronounce all those lines and dots and each, each of those right हरे कृष्णा थैंक यू वेरी मच जय शिल प्रभुपाद की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद् भागवतम की जय भगवत गीता की जय शिल प्रभुपाद की जय श्री श्री राधा मदन मोहन की जय निथाय गौर प्रेमानंदे आंत गोरी वैष्णव वृंद की जय हरे कृष्णा